serving fans throughout the Midwest and even more around the world. This is the Show Me Sports Network. The following is an exclusive broadcast property presentation of the Show Me Sports Network and is a high-fidelity, all-digital broadcast. This broadcast is copyrighted by the Show Me Sports Network for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this broadcast without the Show Me Sports Network's written consent is prohibited. It's time for Jefferson City Renegades Baseball on the Show Me Sports Network. This is the Jefferson City Renegades pregame show on the exclusive home for Renegades baseball, the Show Me Sports Network. We'll recap last night's highlights, set the stage for first pitch, and even get the thoughts of the head coach during the pregame show. All while we get set to bring you the exciting play-by-play action of your Jefferson City Renegades. The best pregame coverage in mid-Missouri is on the air. As the Show Me Sports Network broadcast crew is ready in the Doc and Norm Direct broadcast booth. Exclusive pregame coverage of Jefferson City Renegades baseball is brought to you by Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City. Avon with Michelle Carty. Boone County Journal. Centurion Cares, Christopher Scott, Farmers Insurance, Doc and Norm Direct, Eddie Goodell Society, Han Custom Laser Engraving, LLC, Hoslog Landscaping and Design, Last Sentinel Firearms, Retrieving Freedom, River Oak Christian Academy, Sawdust Studios, State Tech of Missouri, and Walk Off Wood Bat Company. The excitement is building in the stands, and the tension is rising in the dugout as first pitch is just around the corner. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Jefferson City Renegades Baseball on the Renegades Radio Network and the Show Me Sports Network. Now let's go live to the field to the Doc and Norm Direct Broadcast booth. And a very pleasant good evening, good late afternoon. Blake Gazza, we're here with you, joined by Ben Schmidt as we are just about ready for Renegades Baseball. Maybe, uh, what, about five or ten minutes away or so. A little late getting on air tonight. Had a few things to do. i got to say, the weather, though, making it real hard to do much because it is hot. It is humid. Says it's 99 degrees out, but it feels like 101, and i got to think that's, that's lying to us. It's more hotter. More hotter. It's way hotter than 101. Yeah, it sure feels like it. It feels like that. It's been the story all season long with the sun shining directly at us but another thing too once again don't even have umpires it's not often you see that happen and the renegades have had it happen to them back-to-back nights so i think when we went to the whole season of that only happening once or twice now we have it twice in a row uh hopefully it, it helps out the renegades i guess because they need anything to go their way as they've now dropped what six in a row and although they're still looking playoff bound at this point in time they are certainly limping and falling their way into the playoffs you're you know you're right about that it's unfortunate that uh several of the games have not gone their way but that is just baseball and we're not going to cry about it the guys know what they need to do they need to win that's really the basic answer the best thing they need to do is they need to win and uh 
win so, it'd be all right if they did it in seven innings. I don't think anybody would complain about that. Well, Rowdy's here tonight, too, so maybe that could be some good luck because I don't think I've seen him here. The last time Renegades won a game was a week ago tonight, Thursday at this ballpark, so maybe having the mascot back could be some good luck. Maybe it's you doing play-by-play because I've done play-by-play for the last couple nights, and they've lost every single one, and the last time they won a game here at home, you were on the mic, so maybe that's it as well. But uh, overall, I'm just hoping to see Colin Damo come out and put together a good start. Renegade starting pitching hasn't been bad lately, just not as much working deep into games. Only got an inning and two-thirds out of the starter last night. And I'm sure, once again, bullpen is probably not that deep and uh, could really use Damo or Renegade's all-star to work deep into this one and hopefully provide enough pitching to, to get a win. You know, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there with several things. I want to remind you we're coming to you live from the Doc and Norm Direct Broadcast booth. Go riding with Doc and Norm, Mid-Missouri's leader in premier group travel. Group sizes of 1 to 100, they do it all. Go uh, Doc and Norm, the official transportation provider of the Renegades. They get us to all of our road games safely, efficiently, most importantly in style, and with a nice cold air conditioner to book your next adventure. Also, I would say in the wintertime, a, a warm heater. But right now, we're only focusing on the AC. Give them a call, 573-256-1991, or email reservations at moexpress.com. As uh, we said, season quickly winding down here. Lots of... Uh, things going on tonight is another thankful Thursday it's the last thankful Thursday of the season as we've got uh, first responders firefighters EMTs medical police officers anybody that's a first responder you get in for one dollar here at the ballpark as finally see the home the uh, umpires meet here we knew they were here they were just running behind so they should be Ready for baseball here in a minute. That's okay. Gives me a chance. Gives me a little more time to get caught up on what I need to do. Looks like Nevada is playing the Merchants once again. And if it's anywhere near how it went last night, that would certainly be well welcomed by the Renegades because the Merchants were in control of that game from the get-go. But don't want to spend too much time talking about other teams. Let's talk about the Renegades who last night lost to the Bombers and that dropped them their sixth game in a row. Although a lot of fights shown by the Renegades in the late innings. There being no hits, no base runners actually through the first six innings against Arison Amenis. And then the Renegades were able to knock him out in the seventh inning with four singles. All started by Matashek and Wagner to lead that inning off. Renegades scored two in the seventh and added on two more in the eighth. The tie things at four wasn't able to get the go-ahead run to scratch across a win. But the Renegades certainly showed some life and the ability to rally. And also, too, Brady Malpe coming out of the pen for the Renegades. Not the best start for the right-hander, but certainly locked in. And overall goes four and two-thirds innings, gives up the three earned runs. But strikes out eight. It's with some of the best strikeout stuff we've seen from him all season. And Malpe is going to be a key piece to this Renegades team because if, and that's a big if, they are able to wrap this thing up and secure a wild-card spot Monday in Sedalia, you would assume that the that the right-hander Malpe would be the one taking the mound in that postseason game. And for him to strike out eight batters last night certainly shows that he has the stuff to be able to dominate that lineup. And now it's just about being able to get to that ball game, and that starts with a win here tonight. As you talked about on the mound is Colin Damel, 6'3", sophomore right-hander. Hills from Overland Park, Kansas, plays at Emporia State. As the first batter he will face here is Caden Bressler. The shortstop as we play here in the top of the first inning, get ready for play in the top of the first inning. First pitch to him misses ball one. I'll get the lineups here in just a little bit. Again, had some pregame things I needed to take care of, so. So that next pitch, that one inside, ball two. So Damo goes 2-0 here in the count. 
Love to see Damo jump ahead of some hitters here in this first inning. Voss only going an inning and two-thirds last night. Didn't give up any runs, but he had so many three-ball counts. That's what cut his outing short. Now, Damo, you'd like to see some 0-1-0-2 counts and not off to a good start because it's a 3-0 count to the leadoff hitter. Sorry, trying to finish my lineup. i got some players that I'm not sure who they are. I'm trying to find a 41 for Joplin. You see a 41? Do not. I don't either. That's the problem. So four-pitch walk. Four walk issued to Bressler, so he will lead off the game with a free base. That also be Corey Syracusa stepping in. He's playing second base. Not often you see someone that can catch and play second base. Renegades have their somewhat similar version of that, and Luke Fuller, who can catch, we've seen him play third base and outfield. But uh, some versatility here on this Joplin roster, part of the reason why they're in first place here with just a couple games left, and we'll be hosting a home playoff game next Tuesday. So he will step in here as first pitch swing and a miss for strike one. Good bounce back there by Damel. Came right after Syracuse with the first pitch. Fastball just a little bit off the, mid the middle of the plate, kind of backdoor its way to the inside corner, and Syracuse very late on it, swung right behind it. Damo long look in here. Again, runner on first base. That one bounces off of the shin guard of Herschler. That pitch didn't kick away far, but I think the Renegades may be lucky because I think if Bressler immediately takes off there with the way that Herschler had to go down and spin, I think Bressler could, be end up, could have ended up at second base had he committed right away. So... Damo will look at first base. He is being held on there by Gorling. That pitch is going to be fouled off. When Damo has found the strike zone for these two pitches at bat, he's been able to overpower Syracuse. He got the swing and the miss on the first one and then out in front on there. So he's had some life to the pitch and has got Syracuse off on his timing. Just needs to do that more consistently through one ball in this at bat and then obviously four straight in the last one to Bressler. So Damo will look in, next pitch. That one's going to hit Syracusa on the elbow, so he will go to first base on a hit-by-pitch. I can feel his pain up here. Looks like Damo was trying to work inside, and as Syracusa ducked out of the way, I think that got him on the wrist on the way by, and that's much more bone than, than meat, so I'm sure that that doesn't feel too good, and that's why he's kind of being walked down to first base by one of the Joplin coaches. Can't blame him. Has the elbow guard on, so I'm sure he would have rather been hitting that spot, but pretty sure that's what got him on the wrist where there's really just nothing there to protect in that spot. And Now Damo's going to really have to go to work, certainly not to start him or the Renegades where we're looking for because they really cannot afford to have to turn to that bullpen door any earlier than the fourth or fifth inning. So this will be designated hitter Jacob Machuca. I think that's right. It's pretty close. Can't find him on the roster, so couldn't read the handwriting. That's a bad combination. So he will step in here. Two runners on, nobody out here as we play in the top of the first inning. Neither team has scored yet as the Renegades hosting the Joplin Outlaws game one of two here. Not tonight, but split games, one tonight, one tomorrow, but two games all in all left at home tonight and tomorrow night before we get on the road and go to Chillicothe on Saturday and have the day off on Sunday. So one ball, no strike count. Machuca will dig back in. First pitch, or next pitch rather, that one swung on and missed. That even said a one ball and one strike. 
Renegades choosing to not have Goring, the first baseman, hold on the runner, Syracuse, at first. Goring playing behind him just a few steps in front of the grass, and because of that, Syracuse has pretty a giant lead off the bag. If there's a ball put in the gap here, you could pretty safely score Syracuse all the way from first base. So Damo will look at second. Long look in there. Now the uh, pitch that swung on and missed for strike number two. Yeah, with that secondary lead for Syracuse, he's probably around a third or maybe even a little bit more of the way to second base. Not as big of a lead out at second for Bressler because the shortstop Hopkins is shading up the middle, but still um, pretty good chance that you're going to have at least one run scored if a ball is put in play here for a hit. So Damo will get set on the rubber. Next pitch, there's going to be a little blooper. Racking it down is Reether in center field, and he will throw a bullet over to third base, so out number one. As Tommy Reether, a second-year Renegade, played last year with the Renegades and has come back here late in the season. He's like a fourth-year Renegade. Multi-year Renegade, is that better? Okay, so he's been here before. So Tommy is an old vet. That's what I'm hearing you say. I'm so used to seeing Adonis Forte out there in center field gliding after that ball. It was a little bit different to look up and see Tommy out there, who made it look as easy as Adonis, but certainly a different sight because Adonis was in the lineup night in and night out all season long. So a couple looks at second, one out here. That ball's going to be fouled back because this is catcher Max Bruff. So he'll be down in the count at 0-1. Both Bruff and Syracuse in the lineup, both catchers. Obviously Syracuse playing second tonight. But it's got to be nice for the Outlaws to be able to field a lineup with two good-hitting catchers. Obviously, catcher are much more known for the defensive position, and you can get away with having a little worse bat. But it's got to be nice to have two of them that can hit, and if needed in the later parts of the game, could move them around and have Syracuse back there. So one offering will be forthcoming from Damel. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat. As coming in on it is Fuller from right field. He'll take a few steps in. He'll make the grab. And they will throw again to third base. Nice job of Damo to back up third base as the runner decides to hold at second. So two outs now. This will be first baseman Matt Campbell stepping in. Yeah, strong throw there by Fuller out in right field. The throw on the air went about maybe a third of the way to third base between second and third when it was cut by Hopkins. But Hopkins obviously having the great view of the runner Brussler, so he was able to see that he held up, and that's why he cut it. Otherwise, we would have been looking at a one or two hop throw to the third base bag. And if Brussler tags there, at the very least, it's probably a bang-bang play. Don't know if they get him, but still a strong throw by Fuller, and it looked like Brussler bluffing all the way. Yeah, we're used to seeing Matichak there in right field, but he's the DH for today's game. So two outs here, two runners on. First pitch, that one in there called strike one to Campbell. So Campbell will be down in the count at 0-1. Yeah, Damel so far through the first four batters has been most effective in the strike zone with the fastball. Went with the slider there, first pitch to Campbell, and was able to locate it. And I'm assuming that's not the pitch that Campbell was expecting to get there. So no balls and one strike. Again, two outs here. Next pitch on its way, that one inside. So we'll go even a one ball, one strike. And I should say, I believe that first pitch was a slider. It was certainly off-speed. I guess it could have been a changeup. Didn't have a lot of vertical movement to it. But and that's that's my guess that it was the slider, although I'd have to ask Colin exactly what type of pitch that was. But it was not the fastball. Absolutely, he's going to remember. Well, I just need to ask him what off-speed pitches he throws. That one's going to be fouled off. You can just leave those conversations to us to have. Always got to give Ashley a hard time. She's doing a great job running the scoreboard and 
man in the interns and what else do you do, Ashley? Board secretary slash keeper of all things. I think Mike uh, D'Amelia is going to go out and have a talk with Colin Damel. Yeah, I think he's checking on him about something. Well, it's interesting because obviously if it's an injury, you usually just see the coach come out. But this looked to be kind of warranted by the umpires. So I don't know what the umpires saw. Looks like Damel's going to stay in the game. Nothing happened, although I don't know what the call was. The umpires didn't have any discussion, so don't know. I think they just said, I think, you know, they had a quick break to say it's too hot here. Too hot to play a game. Well, we had it the other night when I believe maybe it was Malpe out there who wanted a new rosin bag. I, mean, I don't remember if it was him or not. Um, but this wasn't one of those scenarios. So either way, we'll have to we'll have to ask that after the game as well. We we'll talk to Colin. We'll have to talk to Mike see what that was. So one ball, two strike count. Damo will look in at the runner at second. Long look there, stare down. He'll break that. Look at home. That pitch, cold strike three, and the inning is over. As despite giving up the first two, he was able to retire the next three and get out of the inning. So we'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Serving the capital city and the surrounding area for 70 years, Animal Medical Center strives to provide the best possible medical service for your pet in a caring atmosphere. To promote quality healing and preventative care in a fear-free environment, Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is a full-service veterinary hospital. Whether your pet has fur, feathers, or scales, Dr. Greg Boyer and Dr. Kayla Terry have the experience and expertise to treat complex medical conditions as well as providing annual well checks and vaccinations. Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is the only veterinary hospital in the capital city accredited by the American American Animal Hospital Association. To schedule an appointment, call the team at Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City at 573-636-4626. Running out of some of your favorite Avon products and haven't seen an Avon brochure in quite some time? No need to worry. Avon Independent Sales Representative Michelle Carty can help with your skin so soft, makeup, jewelry, fragrance, and skin care needs. Avon now carries cleaning supplies, clothing, daily essentials, and several small LG electronic items. You now have the opportunity to shop online 24-7 and have your order shipped directly to your front door by shopping with Michelle at mcarty.avonrepresentative.com or find her on Facebook by searching Avon Carty. Well, on the mound for the Joplin Outlaws. Just lost it here. Number 11 is James Yamasaki, a right-handed pitcher. He's had seven appearances. He's had five starts, record of two and one, no saves, 22 and two-thirds innings worked. He's got a 6.35 ERA and 25 strikeouts. So he is one that has done work for The Outlaws, as this will be Tommy Reather. Tommy coming in. Plays a Missouri S&T from Washington, Missouri. He will lead off. We did pick his, I'm going to be honest, we all got together and picked his walk-up music for him. So, First pitch to him, misses ball one. He's got a little bit of flair with the jersey. It's about halfway unbuttoned, even though. Yep, that's Tommy for you. Down, yeah. He got his chest hair out there blowing in the wind. Well, he was sleeping on the floor of the bus on the way back. From <laughs> yep, the that that's night, Tommy. So. <laughs> that's Tommy that we know. That one misses ball two. 
He also is a slight fan of playing Mafia. Just oh, he jumped in the just second we got on the road on what day was that? Monday, Tuesday? Tuesday, yeah. So two balls, no strikes. There's going to be a well-hit ball. Lead-off single is going to get into right field. As Tommy brings the hits with him, he'll be on first base, standing up with a lead-off single. Now it's to be Cole Wagner. As Wagner, 5'870 pound freshman, is from Festus, Missouri, left-handed batter, left-handed thrower, goes to Rockhurst. So he is in left field here for this game. No surprise there. Well, if Cole Wider continues to put up the numbers that he has both on the mound and from the plates, uh, it would certainly help the Renegades out because as the roster continues to thin and thin, Wagner's been one of the biggest parts of the lineup the last two weeks. There's going to be a bouncing ball that's going to go up the middle. It'll be stepped on second for one. Back to first double play, so one pitch, two outs. Well, the pitcher Yamasaki actually tried to go behind the back and glove that ball, and I think for the Renegades, they would have rather I'd had that happen because then I don't think to his turn. When it got past Yamasaki, it rolled directly to the shortstop. I believe that's Bressler out there, and basically fielded it right on top of the second base bag. And Wagner not the easiest to double up with the speed, but when you field the ball almost right on top of second base, you don't have to do a lot of work. So now stepping in, this will be Caden Deal. Again, another returning Renegades player from Last year is that first pitch way outside, ball one, trying to get my phone to cooperate to pull up his information. Give me one second, I'll talk about him. Deal, Deal made a couple of big throws in the game last night. Otherwise, the Sedalia Bombers could have scored a few more runs than the five that they put up. Especially right. in that first inning, that pitch was outside for a ball. Deal made a catch with a runner on third. The catch was out number two, and then when the runner started to tag, Deal delivered a perfect one-hop throw home that caused the runner to have to hold a third. Otherwise, Voss would have given up a run in the first inning. There's going to be another ball fouled out, so he will be still ahead in the count, two balls and one strike. Need to see the Renegades jump out on the starter, Yamasaki, in this one. Obviously, no base runners through the first six last night. They scored somewhat early against Nevada a couple nights ago, but it just feels like in the first inning they have not had a lot of offensive production lately. The next pitch on its way. That one's going to be hit a mile in the air, but foul. Quite the difference for the on-deck hitter, Matashek. Leadoff hitter last night, back down to cleanup tonight. Uh, I get the reason why to put Matashek in the leadoff spot last night, but cleanup just feels much more like the spot for him. That one's going to be hit high in the air, and it's going to take a bounce, so it'll be a two-out single as Deal will be standing on first base. Now this will be Jack Matashek, foot, 210-pound freshman from Kirkwood, Missouri. Is a freshman at Jefferson College, left-handed batter, right-handed thrower, in playing DH here tonight. Yeah, Matashek has been big for the Renegades all season long, broke up the perfect game last night, and without his hit in the top of the seventh, who knows what the Renegades do in terms of breaking up the perfect game. So first pitch to him, miss ball one. Because I know you stay that, that inning still, Wagner had a hit, Imgarn had a hit, but... You know, the, the hit by Matashek to start the seventh inning completely changed the tone of the starter of Menace. And if Matashek doesn't get that ball down into right field, who knows how much longer Menace would have continued to be in a groove. Runner going. A runner's going to go to second. That's Deal. He's going to be in there with a stolen base. So now he's in scoring position with two outs here. 
bigger thing too, pitch miss for a ball. So now Matashek, you would assume, is going to get a pitch to hit here, especially if it's a fastball. Uh, look for him to be aggressive and try and put this one into the outfield grass and deal with looks like pretty good speed because he just swiped second base. He would think a base hit would be enough to score him and put the Renegades on top, one nothing. So next pitch on its way. There's going to be a ball that's going to get through the glove of the pitcher. It'll be gloved by the second baseman, and they'll throw back to third as Deal almost got too far from the bag there. So back-to-back hits now. Nothing fancy, but you know what? That's not what we're asking for. What we're asking for is base runners. Well, Corey Syracuse just saved a run right there because as he ranged back up the middle on that slowly hit ground ball, if that gets by the glove and into outfield grass, Deal easily scores because when that ball was fielded, he was already around third. But now so this, that gets through, it's easily one nothing. Now this will be Gorling stepping in. Carter Gorling, 6'3", 200-pound freshman. He's from the Woodland, Texas. He's going to hit that one foul. He plays at Colorado of the Mines. Colorado of Mines. He plays at a place that has Colorado in mines in the name. <laughs> Colorado. I thought it was of. That doesn't. It's true. That doesn't make much sense. Colorado of mines. Is that right? Probably not the right time to ask him. That one also misses, so he'll be even at one ball, one strike. Have we determined? So Colorado School of my of the mines. Colorado School of Mines. We clearly don't know exactly where he goes to college at. Next pitch, that one bounces across home plate. However, Matashak's going to go to second, but Deal stays at third base. Ruff tried to pump fake on that pitch that got away and try and get Deal to come too far off the third base bag, but heads up base running there. And now a single could make this 2-0 in favor of the Renegades. Absolutely. So two runners in scoring position now for the Renegades. Two balls and one strike. Good last couple of days at the plate for Gorling. See if he can keep it up here. He's been working all fields, too. Gorling in playing first base here tonight. Goes to school in Colorado. That's a, We can handle that part. 2-1 count. Pitch on its way. There's going to be a ball that's going to be hit into center field. It's going to get down and score one run. They're going to wave in the second run. As Matashak will score from second base as the Renegades have an early 2-0 lead as Gorling does his job, gets a single, gets two RBIs in the process. Well, Gorling has now gone four straight days with a hit and an RBI. A couple nights ago at home, went four for five with a sack fly, or maybe it was three for four with a sack fly. Had the game-tying RBI double in the ninth against Nevada. An RBI last night, now another one here in the first inning. He's been hot lately. So this will be Luke Fuller, 6'1", 200-pound freshman. First pitch to him, called strike one. Fuller in right field here tonight. He is from Chesterfield, Missouri. Right-hander across the board, plays at Drury. So he steps in here. As 0-1 offering that one outside, so that'll leave in the count of one ball and one strike. Fuller almost came into the game to pitch last night in Sedalia. He was warming in the ninth when the Bombers walked it off. Have to assume if Malpe makes it through that inning and we get to the tenth that we probably see Luke Fuller on the mound and what would have been his first appearance all season. So one ball, one strike count. There's going to be a ball ripped into right field. Is it going to get down? Right fielder going over. He'll make the grab for out number three. So that will be the third out on the board. But the Renegades rack up. Four hits in the process. They score two runs over those four hits. No errors and have two left on the 
Sorry, one left on the base path. I'll get it right in a minute. As Renegades lead by score, a two to nothing. We'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. At the Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. We know that you're more than just a subscriber. You're an employer. You're a parent. You're a neighbor. Most importantly, you're a community member. It's our goal to provide you with the latest news, sports, opinions, obituaries, classifieds, and more to keep you informed about your community. To find out more about the Boone County Journal or to subscribe, call 573-657-2334 or visit bocojo.com. The Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. At Centurion Cares, for more than three decades, their focus has been on exceeding customer expectations for contact center software solutions. Their innovative communication solutions include utility interactive voice response software that allows for smart communication features that let your utility deliver superior customer service 24-7. They also provide other streamlined services like automatic call distribution, automated customer callback, reporting, and quality assurance. To find out more about how Centurion Cares can help your business, call them at 727-421. 5300 or look them up online at centurioncares.com centurion cares innovative communication solutions we go to the Top of the second inning now. Renegades lead by a score of two to nothing. Blake Gasaway here, joined by Ben Schmidt from the Doc and Norm Direct broadcast booth here at Historic Ernie Vivian Field. As Damo entering his second inning to work on the mound. Like to see Damo continue up the little bit of momentum that he had at the end of the first inning. Obviously, let the first two reach, then come back to get the last three. One and one of them being a strikeout. And now if you could keep that going, you'd feel good about where Damo's headed. Well, first batter, he'll see batter 6, 7, and 8. This is Carson Carpenter. He will hit a ball that's caught in left field for out number one. As nice job of getting over and making that grab. He is Cole Wagner, so one pitch and one out. Ball hit well there by Carpenter, but fortunately for the Renegades, Wagner more than enough time to run it down. And Carpenter, a batter who's given the Renegades pitching some troubles throughout the couple games this season, but not right there to start the inning. So this will be Cade Lott stepping in. As Lott. Playing in left field here tonight. Or Damel. Didn't get this earlier, ran out of time, but he's... Had seven appearances, six starts, record of one and two. He's pitched 30 in the third innings. That was coming into the game here. First pitch called strike one. So now he's pitched 32 and two-thirds. Sorry, 30. I can't add today. 31 and two-thirds innings. He's got a 2.97 ERA when the game started. That one fouled out of play. Yeah, he's been really good for the Renegades. He's up there in terms of inning pitched across all the pitchers on the team. And he's another guy, too, where... If you could potentially get through the first game of the playoffs, maybe we see against the same lineup next Tuesday. That's asking a lot, though, and thinking a long ways ahead. He also has 34 strikeouts now this season. Damo will look in. We'll have time called. As Lott asks for time, so he will step out. 
Thinking back across Damo's season, there's just one June start that comes to my mind where he really wasn't that effective. Outside of that, he's been pretty much dynamite every time he's taken the mound. So he will tell the rubber here. Next pitch, that one misses, so that'll take it to one ball and two strikes. And Tyler Davis, the right fielder in the on-deck circle for the Outlaws as we play here top of the second, 2-0 score. Renegades over the Outlaws. Damo will get set. That next pitch, that one down central for called strike three. He's got another strikeout to his credit. That makes it uh, 35 now on the season. The 0-2 pitch that Damo threw for a ball there to Long perfectly set up the 1-2 because Damo missed upstairs with the fastball and came right back with an off-speed pitch that started at the same type at the top of the zone and then just snapped off in there and lands in the middle. So good sequencing right there by the right-hander. So Davis will step in now. This is Tyler Davis as he steps in. First offering from Damo. There's going to be a bouncing ball. Hopkins is going to glove on the run. He'll throw on the run. He'll have the out on the run. So three up and three down as the minimum was faced here in the inning. That goes as a 6-3 put out as we'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Last Sentinel Firearms is your federally licensed and registered Type 7 FFL manufacturer dealer in Missouri, providing quality products to all types of sports enthusiasts, law enforcement, and individuals across the nation. Orders are currently being fulfilled, offering custom-built pistols and rifles from the AR platform made right here in Missouri. Visit their website at lastsentinelfirearms.com or call them at 417-684-7202 to find out what they've got for you. Last Sentinel Firearms, you are your When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Christopher Scott at 573-896-0131 to see how I can help you stay in the game. That's Christopher Scott at 573-896-0131. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. We go to the bottom of the second inning now. As for the uh, Renegades, it'll be batters 7, 8, and 9 that come up. This is Colby Ott. He's 5'10", 180-pound freshman at Jefferson College. Plays at Jefferson College from Festus, Missouri, a right-handed batter, right-handed thrower. First pitch to him is upstairs, ball one. So we'll have to see the Renegades keep the pressure on, scoring two in the first, all with two outs. And if you continue to build some momentum, could lead to some smooth sailing for Damo if he's given a multiple run lead on top of what he already has. So Yamasaki's next offering, that one misses, so ball two, so... Ott will be heading the count at two balls and no strikes. Down to this point in the season, pretty much the same names night in, night out in the Renegades lineup. We're kind of figuring out who the regulars are come playoff time. That pitch, oh, that's called strike one. Going to say, <laughs> started to cross me up it there and say borderline. Just, I thought it was going to be just outside, but they call it strike one. So two balls and one strike to count. Next pitch, that one fouled off. Now we're even at two and two. We'll have to see Odds start this inning with a base hit for the Renegades. Bring up Herschler and then Hopkins on deck with a man on base. Herschler had a hit last night. Hopkins, I think, had a couple. Hopkins, night in and out, seems like he's on base a couple times. So 
give yourself a chance here to add on some runs. That one misses, so now we're full. Three balls and two strikes. Pitch didn't miss by much, but a good take there by Ott. That one's going to be sliced foul. So we'll still stay full. Kind of interesting. The Joplin outlaws aren't using the bullpen, but they have a player playing catch out beyond the right field wall. I don't know if it's just catch or actual, like, warming up, but they're not using the bullpen. It's Joplin. That one's going to be fouled off. Although he might act, well, their bullpen's in the shade. I would say he might actually be the smart one here because shady over there, but. It's actually more shady in the bullpen than it is where he's at. Looks like he may be playing long toss. I can't figure out where the other dude is, but he's somewhere beyond the right field wall. So payoff pitch on its way. That one upstairs, a leadoff walk issued to Ott. So Ott will jog on down to first base. Now this will be catcher Joe Herschler. As for Herschler, six foot, 200 pounder. He's a right-hander. He's a freshman at Jefferson College from right here in Jefferson City, Missouri. Keep the pressure on Yamasaki. Uh, this is a good start for the Renegades. Certainly after the first two were out in the first. Ever since then, it's been pretty consistent pressure on Yamasaki. And you'd love Ursula with a giant hole on the right side to punch one out there and keep this inning going. So throw over to first base, back safely as Zant. He brought his dancing shoes, or maybe Adonis left them for him to use here over these couple three days. First pitch upstairs to Hersler, ball one. Odd had a giant lead right there. He did. He was working his way to second base rather quickly. Yamasaki Yamasaki looks back in. Next pitch, that one's going to be called a strike, so we'll even at one ball and one strike. With the first baseman holding on on, and the second baseman, Syracuse, is shading up the middle. Like I said, giant hole on the right side for Herschel to work with. Next pitch, that one upstairs and inside. Herschel has to step back out of the way of that one. So two balls and one strike. Again, 2 nothing. Renegades lead over the Joplin Outlaws. Yamasaki takes a deep breath. 2-1 offering. That one's going to be fouled out on the first baseline. So we'll go to two balls and two strikes now. That uh, player down there playing long ball. So I see, it looks like there's somebody down by that uh, light pole. Otherwise, he's probably throwing to the camera guy out there in center field. Runner's going to go to second. There's a swing and a miss for a strikeout throw down way offline. So Ott will have a stolen base. Bruff tried to do something actually kind of smart there. I think he realized that he was not going to get Ott there because he had a great jump. So he actually pumped and stepped twice, trying to step into Herschler and get a batter's interference. Umpire did not call it, and it shouldn't have been called because Herschler was not in its way. But you can't fault Bruff there for trying. This will be uh, Taylor Hopkins now, the shortstop, as for Hopkins. He's 5'11", 190-pound freshman. First pitch to him, fouled out of play, strike one. He's a freshman at William Woods from here in Jefferson City. He's a right-hander across the board. So he missed a few games here uh, over the weekend because he was out with the flu, but he has got to feeling better. I was so confused a moment ago when you said camera guy in center field, and then I figured it out. Yep. There is a camera guy out there, the MC22, is that who Mediacom. it is? Mediacom, yep. Mediacom's here doing a few games this season. That ball's going to be fouled out of play, so Hopkins will be down in the count at 0-2. So Mediacom 
I think yeah. they've done three or four games. Yes, that's why I was confused because there's so little games where there's been a camera out there in center field, and I was like, we're not a big league ballpark. We don't have a camera just showing out there. Sure we do. <laughs> we do tonight. The next pitch on its way. There's a swing and a miss in the dirt. They'll tab, tag Hopkins for out number two. Now we'll go back to the top of the lineup. And Tommy Reether, the 5, 975-pound junior. He's from Washington, Missouri. Plays at Missouri S&T. Left-handed batter, right-handed thrower. Didn't get that the first time through, but got it now for him as he steps in. Yeah, Hopkins got a little aggressive there with a the runner in scoring position. Don't see him expand the zone a lot, but he certainly did it that at bat, and that's what led to the strikeout. First offering from Yamasaki, and there's strike one. You know, it looks like Tommy also wearing some unconventional batting gloves. Yep. We've seen that uh, quite often this season from several different players, but you know what? It worked for him. He's got a one-for-one one day with the leadoff single, so I am not going to argue with him. No, I just see so that one downstairs. Is that, no, that's the same. Is that the same guy? I think they're just extending and yeah, doing long toss. I think he moved toss. back. Yeah. He's over there somewhere. One so ball, one strike this. count. We got a game going on here. <laughs> Two outs. That one's going to be outside. So that'll make it two balls and one strike. Yamasaki again, having a little bit of command issue. So he was ahead in the count 0-1, but has since missed two times as Reether will really extend that bat behind his back. Now he gets it ready, shakes that right arm again on the left-hand side of the plate. Now he'll get set. There's going to be a well-hit ball as it's in the air. The left fielder going back on it. He'll make the grab just about got too high for him, but he was able to make it on the run as that will be out number three. That's a ball, though, that, that makes you a little nervous because that's very easy to misplay right there, but he makes the grab in left field. So Renegades, no runs, one hit, no errors, one left on the base path. We'll go to the third inning as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Moex, Dock and Norm Direct is back better than ever. Much more than your number one ground shuttle transportation service to St. Louis Airport. Yes! Moex Dock and Norm Direct is Mid-Missouri's leader in premier group travel. Sporting events, concerts, wedding receptions, the lake, winery trips, Branson, plaza shopping, reunions, pub crawls, group sizes from 1 to 100 or beyond. We do it all. Remember, we want you to ride Moex Dock and Norm Direct. The following public service announcement is brought to you by the Eddie Goodell Society, Jefferson City Chapter 10, doing little things to make a big difference. Want to make a big difference in your community? Be kind to others, drive safely, and put litter in its proper place. Join us in celebrating Eddie Goodell's historic Major League appearance as a member of the St. Louis Browns by doing something nice for someone today. Take a walk, Eddie! Hi, this is Nick Hoslog, owner of Hoslog Landscape. Well, we're back here in the uh, third inning. As we go, sorry. 
We're not in the bottom of the third inning. We're in the top of the third inning. This will be batters 9-1-2 and that will be due up. Forgot to uh, change my sheet there in the break. I blame that on Ashley. She was distracting me. So this will be Carson Johnson, the third baseman. As he steps in here on the right-hand side of the plate, there's a good bouncing ball. Hopkins will glove throw to first in time. A 6-3 put out. Round number one. That Boy, I got to say, start the inning, one pitch, one out. Can't draw it up any better than that. And, and Damo's done that in back-to-back innings now, too, as he started to settle in. And also, Hopkins made that play look much easier than it is because he had to come in to his left, and rather than just try and turn the whole body, he just all-in-one motion kind of signed on that thing over to first and did it in plenty of time. So a much harder play than, than Taylor Hopkins made it look. There's a reason why he's out playing the toughest defensive play, t- 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 yeah, toughest position on the infield. So this will be... Caden Bressler, the shortstop, has first pitch to him. That misses ball one. So Bressler will be heading the count of one ball and no strikes. Next pitch on its way. That one bounces across home plate, so he will be ahead in the count. And two balls and no strikes. Bressler and his two at-bats has seen six pitches, all six balls. He'd like to see Damo attack the zone against this hitter, especially with nobody on. Next pitch, that one in there called strike one. Thank you. Ashley Cartier is putting out an all call that if anybody listening has some batteries for her fan, she's in desperate need. She's going to not make it the rest of the game because her little fan just gave out. That one swung on and missed. Apparently you need an Android-type charger, so if you're listening and you have one, please send help. Two balls, two strikes. One out here. Only give Ashley a hard time because she doesn't share that fan, so that's what she deserves. Herschel used his face mask to block that pitch. The face masks or the fans? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong on that. So three balls and two strikes. Again, one out here in the top of the third inning. Payoff pitch. That one missed outside, so two times Bressler's been to the plate. Two walks to his credit. Now this will be second baseman in Corey Saracusa. He was hit by a pitch on his only at-bat so far. Well, hopefully Damon is able to come right back and attack Saracusa with strikes. Was ahead of him in a two-strike count the first time and hit him with the pitch. Now after Damon had seemingly started to settle in, hadn't walked anybody since the walk to Bressler the first time, loses command for a moment for a second time against Bressler, and hopefully it's just a slight blip in the radar. Well, Next pitch, that one, called strike one. Or Michelle Carty trying to get a charger for her daughter's fan. Mama Michelle, we can, yeah, that's true, spoiled, very true. We can tell you the sun's almost down, so your daughter will be a-okay. Here in about another 10 minutes or so, she'll be just fine. So no balls and one strike, again one out. Next delivery, runner's going to go to second. Bouncing ball is going to be gloved at third as throw over to first. That'll be out number one as that's deal to Gorling. Sorry, out number two. Runner does take second base, but that's okay. We'll get the out on the board. Runner Bressler off with the pitch. Even if he is not stealing on that play, I don't think the Renegades have any other play except to first base because Deal had to come so far in to field that ground ball. Would have had to throw across his body in second base. So really not a whole lot of harm there done by the stolen base. And Renegades will now have two outs. So this will be a designated hitter, Jacob 
Machuca stepping in. Blake Gasaway here with you just past 740. Joined by Ben Schmidt here on the Show Me Sports Network. We're glad you tuned in tonight here from the Doc and Norm Direct Broadcast booth. Next pitch, swung on and missed, strike one. Glad you're tuned in here tonight. If you haven't done so, be sure and head over to our social media. Give it a like, give it a share. You can find us on Facebook. Search Show Me Sports Network. You can also find us on Twitter at Show Me Sports Net. Wasn't enough characters left to spell network, so just Show Me Sports Net. As Damel will look over at third base, check on the runner at second. Another look in there, 0 1 offering. That one downstairs and low. That evens it a one ball, one strike. You can also follow me on TikTok. It's Gaz on the mic. That's G A Z O N T H E M I C. Gaz on the mic as we try to post some different things throughout uh, some of the games, some of our road trips. Got uh, just random things on there, but we're trying to get 1,000 followers so we can do some TikTok live stuff. So appreciate you giving me a follow on there. See some of the uh, different things we do throughout the season and some of the ventures I've been on recently. That one on the inside part of the plate. Machuca can't catch up to it. Strike two. Yeah, that I think was the best off-speed pitch that Dame was thrown so far tonight. That thing started on the inside corner of the plate and then ducked all the way down in by the foot and then swung right over the top of it for strike two. So one ball, two strike count. Again, two outs here. Runner on second base. Damo will look in. Next pitch on its way. Swing and a miss for strike three. And that is out number three. The inning is over. No damage done. We'll go to the bottom of the third inning. Renegades lead by a score of two to nothing. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Hi, this is Nick Hoslog, owner of Hoslog Landscape and Design. Every day, my highly trained team of experts works hard to give you the outdoor living area you've been dreaming of. By focusing solely on landscaping and hardscape construction, this has made us the preferred landscape and design company serving Jefferson City and the Central Missouri area. Thank you for all your continued support in voting us as winners of the Reader's Choice Awards and Jefferson City's Best multiple years running. When you are ready to begin your dream outdoor project, call us at 573-301-9464 to schedule an estimate or visit hoslaglandscape.com. Hi, I'm retired Army Sergeant Trent Dirks, and I want to tell you about an organization that saved and changed my life forever. Retrieving Freedom provides highly trained service dogs to veterans with disabilities and children with autism absolutely free of charge, thanks to the generous donations and support from people just like you. Experts from Retrieving Freedom help throughout the entire process from fostering programs through service dog placement. Retrieving Freedom gave me the skilled service dog, Tracer, who has been my best friend in my lifeline. To find out more about how you can get involved, volunteer, foster, or to donate, visit their website, RetrievingFreedom.org. Retrieving Freedom, changing lives through the training and placement of service dogs for veterans with disabilities and children with autism. Well, we go to the bottom of the third inning. As we got a little Beach Boy music playing here on the PA. I don't know how hot Bermuda is, but it sure feels like it might be that hot out here right now. As we will go to batters two, three, and four in the lineup. As this is Cole Wagner, the left fielder, stepping in. He's 0 for 1, hit into a double play his last time up. Only time up. Hopefully, Wagner can put some hard contact on the ball in this at bat and get the Renegades started with a leadoff base runner. They've had one each of the first two innings. Looking to make it three for three with Wagner right here. So first offering, way upstairs, ball one. Wagner will be heading the count at 1-0. Again, Deal and Matichak will be the other two that make up the 
Three-headed monster here to start this bottom of the third. There's going to be a bouncing ball towards second base. Slow roller, gloved by the second baseman. He'll throw to first to get the out there. Yeah, if Wagner puts some harder contact on that baseball, maybe it finds its way into right field, but just too weakly hit and essentially died on that infield grass. Supposed to be Caden Deal. He's actually wearing number eight tonight. And down is number 12. He's 5'10", 170-pound sophomore from O'Fallon, Missouri. Plays at Northwest Missouri State. Left-handed batter, right-handed thrower. First pitch to him. He misses, ball one. Question, or not questionable call, but borderline call that goes the way of deal there. It was certainly on the lower outside part of the plate, but called the ball. A 1-0 offering. That one called strike one, so we're even at one ball and one strike. Good contingent has made their way out to the ballpark here. On our last thankful Thursday of the season, we've had five of these throughout the season. Second to last home game as well. That one upstairs. You're right about that tomorrow, Fan Appreciation Day. It's also Christmas in July. I think Santa will be here. I am pretty sure on that as well. So all kinds of other fun things. I can, can't tell you what they are exactly, but I know their plan. They'll say that deal went around. No had a little bit of input on some of the games, some of the activities. All I want to say is if you've not been to a game, you definitely want to come tomorrow night because we're going to have lots of things we're doing. That one's low and outside, so that'll take a full three balls, two strikes. The moral of the story for tomorrow is if you walk away with nothing from the ballpark, then uh, you didn't do something right because we're going to have a ton of things we're giving away here. We ought to call it our summer, spring, fall cleaning. There is such a thing. As summer sales event. Summer sales event. That's That's a little easier. I was thinking spring cleaning, but we're not in spring, and I don't know if summer cleaning is a thing. So, yeah, our summer sales event, that's a good way to put it. We're going to have all kinds of things going on here and lots of stuff. There's going to be a ball swung on and missed. That'll be out number two for Deal. As now this will be designated hitter Jack Matishak. He had a single in his last time up. Also was able to be pushed around the base path later on by Carter Gorling. Took second on a wild pitch, and then on the single from Gorling, who will be in the on-deck circle, he was able to score. That's how we sit at our 2 to nothing lead. Also on the base path was Deal. He had a single stolen base. And then uh, the single from Matishak put him on third. And he scored on the single from Gorling. That pitch swung on and missed strike one. Yamasaki will step back on the rubber. He'll look in. 0-1 offering. There's another swing and a miss. Matishak will be down in the count at 0-2. Again, two outs on the board. Nobody on the base path. Yamasaki looks back in. Matashak sees that one upstairs and outside, so count will go one ball and two strikes. Pretty predictable that Yamasaki was going to go fastball there. One change up with the first two pitch. Matashak swung and missed at both of them, trying to speed him up in there in the 0-2 count. 1-2 offering. There's going to be a well-hit ball that looks like it might split the defenders, and it does as it takes a bounce, gets to the central bank side. Matashak will be on his way to second base, so he's got a two-for-two day. As he's got a single, a double, well, you know what? We might as well work for that cycle. Look for a triple and a home run. We're going to do it. Let's do it big. Yeah, easier said than done, but interesting decision after getting the two, I guess, pretty ugly swings on the changeup. Made sense to go to the fastball in the 0-2 count, but then trying to go it again, Yamasaki essentially left it right out the middle of the plate, and Matishak turned that thing right around yeah. and sent it to the wall in a hop. He got those hips turned. He got those arms extended and sent that to the wall. As first pitch to Gorling way upstairs and inside. That's the duck out of the way. Gorling has a two-RBI single and his only a bat tonight, so he's also looking for a two-for-two two day. 
As two outs here, runner on second base. That's Matishak. 1-0 count. Next pitch from Yamasaki. Hey, Ashley, bring it down. <laughs> use your use your inside voice. Use your in friends. Use your inside voice. Corling in his last three games, including tonight, now has four hits and five runs driven in. Drove in two in Nevada, one last night, now two tonight. Absolutely. He is definitely peaking at the right time. So that pitch, that one also upstairs. That makes a 3-0. You think uh, Ashley was listening to me? I don't think she was. No. She was ignoring me for sure. So three balls and no strikes. Again, two outs, runner on second base. Luke Fuller in the on-deck circle. If Gorling could put another ball down like he did before, there's a good chance Matishak would score from second. That pitch caught on the outside part of the plate for strike one. That makes it three balls and one strike. Also, Gorling, the game before that, so four games now, four games ago, he went three for four with a sack fly. So now an RBI in four straight games, and what's that, eight hits in his last four? I mean, he's certainly turning it on. So three balls and one strike. Yamasaki checks second. There's going to be a well-hit ball into left field. It'll get down. That'll go to the wall as Matichak giving the green light as he will be waved around third. He'll touch home plate. Gorling has three RBIs and two singles and two at-bats. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to see from one of your guys in the middle of the lineup. Gorling squared up that baseball. If that's a little bit more, has a little more tail action and finds right center field, that could have been for extra bases. But cut off in time to hold him to a single, but more than deep enough to score Matishak. And Gorling is seeing the ball well right now, and especially, too, using all fields. Had the single earlier to drive in two runs. That was, what, the center field? He had one to right field last night or the night before. So he's, I can think of in these last couple of games, hits to all part of the ballpark for Gorling. Conversation on the mound is over as pitching coach comes out as well as the catcher, as this will be Luke Fuller stepping in. He flew out to right field as his only at bat so far as the Renegades have a 3 nothing lead. Point out that uh, <laughs> during that, Brady Maltaby was out waving, uh, waving Matishak home. And that one's going to be... Out of the glove of the catcher, so Gorling will be at second base with a wild pitch. Well, Malpe always one of the characters when he's not starting yeah, a I, game. I was, was going to say, he, he gave up drinking his Coke to run over and give him the green light yeah. to, to go home. Well, Malpe was coaching first base in the later stage of the game in Nevada, so you know he's he has the ability to do it. He's, he's a pretty funny guy, for sure. That pitch, that one's going to be high, but called strike one. I was going to say a couple of minutes ago when we were talking about tomorrow being the last home game. It is possibility for one more, but it would take a pretty magical playoff one by the Renegades. But that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping to see everyone out next to next week for one home game. Yeah, three games left here in the regular season. 1-1 one, one pitch. That one corkscrewed into the dugout of the outlaw. So that will make a one-ball, two-strike count. Yeah, at this point, I think uh, there's a real good chance if things hold out like they are, we'll be going to Sedalia to take on the Bombers on Monday. Speaking of which, let's go check in on the score of the Nevada game. The Yamasaki. There's going to be a ball hit into right field. As coming in as a right fielder, that's going to get down. It'll score another run. So now it'll be a 4 nothing score as Fuller hits a little bloop single into right field as... That will score an RBI as I told you, Brady's given up time drinking his pop to come out and wave him around. He's that has got, to be Colby Ott He's got a in. glove on, too. He's ready to do just about anything. 
And with the Outlaws clearly now having someone warming up in the bullpen, I don't know how much longer you can leave Yamasaki out there. Renegades just seem to be seeing everything he has to offer really well. Well, I hope they leave him out there for a while longer. So oh, first I'd be one okay there. with an 8 nothing lead after seven innings. Absolutely. First one there, it's called strike one. And why is that? Well, I mean, I'd rather it be like a 10-run inning. That one's going to be hit out of play, so Ott will be down in the count 0-2. He did walk his last time up. Joe Herschler in the on-deck circle as well. By the way, Nevada in the bottom of the third inning is beating the Carroll Mer Merchants 4-3. to three. So. I'll keep an eye on that game as the night progresses. 0-2 offering, that one downstairs in the dirt, so we'll go one ball, two-strike count. Then we said... A lot of people have made their way out to the ballpark here tonight. Still plenty of room for you to come out if you haven't done so. And you're listening. You can listen to our game. Get out here. Plenty of time. That pitch way outside. Catcher comes up like he's going to throw to first base to Fuller, but does not. As two runs plated here in the bottom of the third inning, Renegades extend their lead to a 4-0 score. Looks like a left-hander warming up out there for the Outlaws. Can't see the number, but that's certainly a lefty they've got up. Yamasaki, quick look at first base. 2-2 pitch on its way. There's going to be a ball that's hit towards center field. Going back on it is the second baseman. However, he will be called off as the center fielder comes in to make the grab. Well, in the inning, there were two runs, three hits, no errors, one left on base. As the Renegades add two more to their lead, they score four to nothing. We'll take a quick break and be back. As you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Riverhill Christian Academy has been providing a strong biblical foundation and academic excellence within a Christian environment to students for more than 16 years. Located in the Jefferson City, Riverhill Christian Academy offers kinder prep through 7th grade with 8th grade to be added in the 2023-2024 school year. Riverhill Christian Academy's primary goal is the discipleship of the next generation to impact the world for Christ. Average class sizes are just 16 students with a student body composed of families from over 30 area churches. Kinder prep offerings include 3 and 5 full day sessions with kindergarten offering a half day and full day program. To find out more about Riverhill Christian Academy, at 573-634-3983. Creating custom, handcrafted woodworking projects has never been easier. Become a member of Sawdust Studios and enjoy 24-7 access to a woodworker's paradise. Outfit with industry-leading professional-grade tools, Sawdust Studios offers endless woodworking possibilities. Don't have woodworking experience? No problem, as Sawdust Studios offers affordable classes from a community of woodworkers, experienced designers, and master craftsmen. Youth classes are also offered for those junior woodworkers. For more information, search Sawdust Studios on Facebook or find them online at sawdust247.com. Sawdust Studios, your community woodshop. We go here to the top of the fourth inning now. It'll be batters four, five, and six coming to plate. That'll be Max Bruff, Matt Campbell, and Carson Carpenter. All three of them are 0 for 1 with a Bruff with a fly out to right field. Strike out for Campbell and a fly out to left field for Carpenter. I wonder if Carter Goring and whoever's at first base for the Allies know each other because during the entire warm-up, those two were having a conversation. Looks like a player, number 38. I'll try and figure out who that is and where he goes to school. Yeah, I would say they maybe know each other. Does he go to school yep. in Colorado of wherever? He doesn't go to school, but he's from Milken, Colorado. So I bet they probably. He goes to <laughs> Southeast Missouri State. Doesn't go to school in Colorado. I knew what he meant. No, he doesn't go to school. 
Damel's next pitch. That's a broken bat, but it's going to get down for a single in right field as Reether will play it on one hop first pitch, and Bruff hits it for a single. But he's going to have to give our friends at Walkoff Wood Bat a call as uh, that one's going to be some lumber for the end of the season. Party is uh, handcrafted right here in Missouri. Walk-off wood bat company bats are made with premium-grade maple, ash, and birch. Fully customizable to make yours truly from the length, weight, and barrel handle color and everything in between. You're able to customize it, including your personalized engraving on it with a 45-day warranty that's hard to beat. Additionally, the custom handcrafted bats are also offering a selection of bat accessories, including lizard skin bat grips and batting gloves. Find your confidence at the plate. Give Wonkoff Wood Bat Company a call at 816-261-1014 or visit wildbats.com. So first pitch there is outside the strike zone. As 1-0, that one's going to be fouled out of play. This is Campbell, so he will be even at one ball and one strike. Feels like it's been forever since we've seen the Renegades turn a double play. Now it would be nice to maybe get one and get off to a good start in this fourth inning. Yeah, they had one turned against them earlier in the game here, but has been has been a minute here. They're over to first base, runner back safely. That's Bruff. There's a five dollar usage fee on that. So Damo will look back in. Runner's going to bluff to second. That one fouled off, so we'll go one ball, two strike count. Blake Gazzaway here with you, joined by Ben Schmidt from the Doc and Norm Direct Broadcast booth. We're just shy of 8 o'clock here on the Show Me Sports Network. Bringing you exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball all season long. This is season number two for us. Bringing you Renegades baseball season two of a whole lot more is what we're expecting to do. So Damo looks in, 1-2 pitch. That one's going to be a ball lifted into left field. That's going to get down and go to the dock in Norm direct sign. As that'll be cut off I get, and thrown to third. I get the decision there by Bruff with zero outs, not wanting to push it, but I really think if he had committed to going to third that he would have been in safely. First of all, he was already uh, at second, starting around second before Reether had the ball in center field. And then the throw was in on a couple bounces to the shortstop Hopkins. I think if he had fully fully thought about going first or third, though, we could be looking at runners at the corners with nobody outs. But the running games will take it, that's for sure. So now it'll be Carson Carpenter, the center fielder, stepping in. As Damel will look in now, he's got no outs on the board and the first two runners on. So this is very similar to the top of the first inning, but he worked his way out of that, retired the next three batters. So first pitch just misses outside, ball one. Yeah, Herschler tried, but that pitch was pulling him away from the plate rather than back in towards it. So it was going to be pretty tough to get that strike call despite his best framing efforts. Sun has gone down here, so now it's a beautiful night here at the ballpark. It's amazing. The sun goes down. It drops a considerable amount of degrees. That one misses ball two. What do you think? Went down 10 degrees, maybe 15? Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. I don't think that... Uh, no, that, that temperature's <laughs> never been correct. Yeah. Well, it said it was 99, but felt like 101 when it started, but I don't think that was right either because it felt way hotter than 101. That one's going to be sliced and straight back. Carpenter on that pitch, but just underneath it, and that's why he fouled it back. If he's on time, that ball's probably headed right back up the middle into center field. Might have been 99, but felt like... Hot enough to fry an egg out here on the bleachers. 
So two balls and one strike. And stepping back in is Carpenter. Campbell on first. Bruff is going to be on second base. Nobody out here. Four to nothing lead. Renegades over the Outlaws. Carpenter's swing is totally Anthony Rizzo-esque. Her batting stance is Anthony Rizzo-esque. 2-1 pitch. That one misses low and inside. So we'll go three balls, one strike. Lefty hitter bats with the hands essentially just above the belt and lightly waves the bat while doing essentially a hip thrust motion. If you want to know what I'm talking about, look up Anthony Rizzo, and that's exactly how Carpenter hits. So three balls and one strike. Damo looks in, gets the sign. That one's going to be swung on and missed, and we'll go full at three balls and two strikes. He was trying to hit for power like Rizzo with that swing. He wanted to make this a 4-3 ball game and push that one out to right field. With that type of swing, that one may be going off the light pole in right field if he connects. So Damo will look back in. Runners on first and second. Four to nothing, Renegades lead. Damo will tow the rubber. He'll check on the runner at second. Now back home. Payoff pitch. There's going to be a ball fouled off the other way. That's going to get out and take one bounce and head to the creek. Yeah, that'll be a splashdown as Damon tried to work Carpenter inside with that pitch and was going to be tough to do anything with except foul it off, and that's exactly what Carpenter did to stay alive, and now Damon's going to have to throw another strike, otherwise it'll be bases loaded. So payoff pitch again, got a fly over here pestering us. Three balls and two strikes. Damon will get set. He'll look in, 3-2 offering. There's going to be another ball ripped foul the other direction, so now we'll still stay at 3-2. and two. Longer that Carpenter can just make contact here and foul pitches off, the more likelihood that he'll eventually see one that Damel can't put in the strike zone. And obviously for Carpenter, that would be good news because it would load him up and bring the tying run to the plate with nobody out in the fourth. So three balls, two strikes still. This will be the eighth pitch of this at bat. Damel again gets set. He'll look at second, back home. Payoff pitch. There's going to be a ball hit a mile in the air, but foul. Out of play on the first base side. So this upcoming pitch, this will be pitch number nine of this at bat. Carpenter out in front with that swing, and the Renegades should be thankful because the amount of bat that he got on that baseball, if he's on time, that's at the very least scoring a couple runs, maybe even getting out of the ballpark. So three balls and two strikes here. As pitch number nine at this at bat will be forthcoming. Damo looks at second, back home. Pitch is on its way. That one in there called strike three. Backwards, K recorded out number one. Incredible work there by Damol to just continue to pound the zone, not being able to afford throwing a strike. That was definitely a borderline pitch right there going off speed at the knees. But when you've been around the strike zone as much as Damol has, that's a call that you're going to get. If Damol had walked five batters up to this point, that's probably called ball four and we've had bases loaded. But Damol's had just two walks, and he's been in the zone all night long. So he's going to get calls like that that are at the knees. So Cade Lott will be stepping in now. He's 0 for 1 with a strikeout, and his only at bat here today. First pitch to him. There's going to be a swing and a miss. Might have maybe caught one seam on the way by. Either way, it's going to result in strike one. Well, big out number one there for Damo. Now let's see if he continue and get Lott out. I know you said he's 0 for 1. And it would be very nice here for the Renegades right-hander to be 0 for 2. So no balls in one strike. Again, one out here. Rowdy the Renegade has made his way out to the ballpark here tonight. 0-1 offering. That one's in there for called strike two. Rowdy, we haven't seen him for a while. He either must have been busy out of town or, you know, might have got locked up in the uh, in the old uh, jail for a little while maybe. 
Well, hopefully he brings the wins with him because That's about right. as long as he's been gone, it's about as long as it feels like since the Renegades That might be victorious. why he's been yeah. in jail because he took all the wins. Yeah. No balls, two strikes. One out. Next pitch. That one's going to be a well-hit ball. That's going to get down as Fuller will glove. They'll give the sign to go home. They're going to try to relay the throw. The throw is there, but not in time. It was on line. But the tag was not made as run will score. It makes it a 4-1 lead for the Renegades, though. Well, I don't know this for sure, but I don't think the communication there by the Renegades infield was all that good because when Gorling caught that ball, he looked surprised to see that the runner was coming home. I don't think anyone was yelling home, home, home because he stuttered for a second. And if had Gorling not ha- had held the ball for the ex- extra second, they may have a play there. But when Gorling caught the cutoff throw, the first look was to third. So I have to believe it was just either poor communication or Gorling just didn't know. Yeah, I agree. I think that was kind of what my... What my uh, thought process was on the play as well is it was just about a half second that Gorling had it that didn't throw as Davis will show bunt. He'll take that one as strike one. I think it was the right decision to cut the throw because that just didn't have enough on it. I think it would have died on a couple of bounces if Gorling doesn't field it. But it just in that situation, he would have had to turn and fire all in one motion, and that just didn't happen. Yeah, they need to do it by relay. That's something that Mike has talked to them about is throwing home by relay. He called it something else, something by relay, but throwing home by relay is uh, how I will uh, how I will describe it, and that's you're exactly right. If he doesn't cut that off, that's going to just trickle into home plate when it's all said and done. But he can cut it off and then immediately turn around and fire it home and, and get it there a whole lot faster. So one run does score, though. Still 4-1 lead. Is that pitch on the outside part of the plate for strike two? As one out on the board, an RBI single has Lott on first base, Campbell over at second. Ruff was on second and then scored on that single. So it'll be no balls and two strikes. And one out here. Two runners on the base path. Renegades lead by a score of 4-1 to one here as we play in the top of the fourth. Next pitch on its way. That one upstairs. Tried to get Davis to chase it, but Davis did not. So that'll take a one ball and two strikes. Take another quick look at the uh, scoreboard here. Mink League scoreboard for tonight. That's not the updated score. There's going to be a ball swung on and missed. That'll be out number two as the fifth strikeout of the game so far for Damel. So it is all St. Joseph Mustangs at St. Joe. They are walloping the Mudcats 9 to nothing in the top of the fourth inning. Top of the fifth inning, Nevada leading the Merchants at Nevada, the Carroll Merchants. Well, you know what, Ashley? It doesn't matter what the score is. We do our job here. We win. It doesn't matter. That is a true story. We win. It doesn't matter how they do. So two outs on the board, two runners on. First pitch in there called strike one as this is Carson Johnson. He is 0 for 1. Get into a 6-3 out. So it's, it's winning in tonight, or winning it from here on out, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. That also, I'm a lifelong Chiefs fan, so that's always how we've had to look at things is, you know, it seems like there's always chances where if this team loses, this team ties, this team doesn't show up, all these things happen is it'll be gloved at third deal. We'll throw over to Gorley in a first base for out number three. We'll get to that thought here in a minute. As uh, we'll go to the bottom of the fourth inning, 
One run was plated by the Outlaws. However, the Renegades still lead by a score of 4-1. to one. We'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage. Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. We are State Tech. We are hands-on education. When you choose the number one two-year college in the country, you know you will be ready for your career. That's why at State Tech, we say, from the classroom to your career, we are the employer's choice. We are State Tech. Throughout the course of any game, different actions stand out to different people. But everyone remembers a walk-off, especially if it's a walk-off wood bat. Handcrafted right here in Missouri, walk-off wood bat company bats are made with premium-grade maple, ash, and birch, fully customizable to make it truly yours. From the length and weight to the barrel and handle color, you're able to customize every feature of your wood bats, including personalized engraving with a 45-day warranty. In addition to selling custom handcrafted bats, they also offer a selection of bat accessories, including lizard skin bat grips and batting gloves. To help find your confidence at the plate, give walk-off wood Bat Company a call at 816-261-1014 or visit wowbats.com. Well, the Renegades still lead by a score of 4-1. to one. Sorry, I was... Trying to take down our big fancy sun shield, a.k.a. it is an umbrella because it gets so hot here by the time our games start that we got to do everything we can to keep our equipment from getting too hot. So now it's to be Joe Herschler stepping in as first pitch to Herschler, called strike one as play here in the bottom of the fourth inning as Herschler, Hopkins, and Reether will be the three due up. 0-1 offering. That one bounces. No, what I was saying is that we, so as a lifelong Chiefs fan, we've always had to live by the motto, well, if this team loses, this one wins, we do this, they do that. But if we just win, we don't have to worry about what everybody else does because as long as we win, that's all that matters. So that's kind of our thinking on that. That one misses as well. They do with a win and a Veda loss there for sure. I can't guarantee that. If they win tonight and a Veda lose to Carroll, then the Renegades would clinch a spot. Right, but that's that's what I'm saying is that it's all for naught of what Nevada does if we don't win. That one misses. That's three balls, one strike. So we just need to do our job. We need to show up and do what we need to do because if Nevada does indeed lose, it doesn't matter if we lose as well. Three balls and one strike. That one's going to be a bouncing ball. It's going to be let by the third baseman. Shortstop will glove his throw. Not in time. Goes into the dugout or towards the dugout as well. So Joe Herschler is going to have an infield single to his name. Tough play there as the right as uh, going to his right was the shortstop. So now this will be shortstop Taylor Hopkins. Yeah, Bressler almost made an incredible play right there to get Herschler. It's bang-bang if that throws on the money. So I'd assume that that will be ruled infield single and good hustle there by Herschler to beat it out, get a leadoff base runner. And now I'd assume the leash on Yamasaki will be very short. There's going to be a ball that's fouled off of the shin of Hopkins. Yeah, as I was saying that too, I think that's kind of a conversation that that, uh, Mike has had with the players is it really doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter – all these other things that could transpire if they don't find a way to win tonight then it's all for naught as uh, that's what 
what needs to happen is for Renegades to take care of business. That one fouled off. That makes it no balls and one strike as Renegades have a 4-1 to one lead. No balls, two strikes. Next pitch, that one's going to be swung on in the dirt for out number one. Yeah, Hopkins just been a little bit jumpy at the plate in both of at both of his at bats, at least over the last couple of weeks. He's been really good about waiting for his pitch, but so far tonight he's chased on pitches out of the zone, going away. Almost the exact same pitch he struck out on both times tonight. So good bounce back there by Yamasaki with the Owls just putting on a run to make it a three-run game. I'm sure uh, it will not be long before he's out of the game if the Renegades start putting base runners on. So this will be Tommy Reether stepping in, first pitch to him outside, ball one. So we play here in the bottom of the fourth inning. One ball, no strike count. Again, one out runner on first base. Next pitch from Yamasaki. That ball is going to be hit to left field. There's a lot of room there. Left fielder going back on it. He'll not make the grab. As Hersler will put the brakes on at second. He had to wait to see if that ball was caught. As Tommy takes it to left field, he's got... Two hits today. He's looking pretty sharp. Great addition. I wish I could say he's a player that I recommended we maybe bring back this year. Look to bring back here late in the season. Mine was Caden Deal, is who I threw out the name of, but both of them making an impact here for the Renegades. Yeah, Reether is a left handed bat, too, for the Renegades. In just a couple of games, he's already showing why uh, he can really make an impact down the stretch here. Two hits tonight. Good start for him. Now this will be Cole Wagner stepping in. Wagner sees the first pitch upstairs and outside, ball one. As Wagner will be heading the count at one ball and no strikes. So Yamasaki is next offering. That one caught the outside part of the plate. Evens the count, one ball, one strike. Again, four runs on ten hits. Four runs, ten hits, no errors, three left on base for the Renegades. They're looking to add more here, that one outside. I'm really surprised Yamasaki's still in this game, and maybe it's because for Joplin this game really doesn't mean a whole lot and they're not looking to burn the whole bullpen. But with lefty up and another lefty on deck, the Outlaws have a left-handed pitch warming up. So with Yamasaki giving up ten hits in three and a third innings and four runs, it just seems like the time to go and get him. But if it's to preserve the bullpen because the game doesn't matter them, then I understand. So two balls, one strike count, one out, two runners on. That pitch, that one's going to be upstairs. So now we'll go three and one. Now Wagner obviously going to make you throw a strike no matter who's out there on the mound. And that's the reason why he leads the Renegades in, in walks. And he's one pitch away from loading him up for on-deck hitter deal. So three balls, one strike count. Yamasaki looks back in. Next pitch. That one misses low, so a walk issue to Wagner. So, as you said, we will be bases loaded. Wagner took an extra second there to make sure that that one actually missed for ball four. And with that walk, looks like it's going to be the end of the line for Yamasaki. And whoever's coming in for the Outlaws is going to have a whole lot to work, a whole lot of trouble to deal with. So it is going to be a pitching change here. As we'll see who the new pitcher is, we'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage. Uh, Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. 
Hello, Blake Gasaway here with the Show Me Sports Network. I've had the opportunity to have some amazing calls, including overtime touchdowns, walk-off home runs, and buzzer-beating baskets. But I've answered another call. That's to serve my community as a volunteer firefighter. Stop and think what would happen if your home or property caught fire and no one was there to put it out. Every day, volunteer firefighters not only save lives and property, but also respond to other emergencies. Nearly two-thirds of our nation's fire departments are manned by volunteer firefighters. And because of this, we simply need more volunteers to step up and answer the call. Stop by or contact your local fire department and see how you can become a volunteer firefighter today. I answered the call to serve my community. Will you? So we have a pitching change here as this will be George Fisher, left-handed pitcher on the mound for the Renegade or for the Outlaws rather. He's had 11 appearances, no uh, actually no starts. Let me try that again. 11 appearances, no starts. He has an 0-1 record, no saves. He's pitched 11.2 innings, so 11 and two-thirds innings. He has a 6.94 ERA, 11 strikeouts. So he has not done a whole lot of work in the times that he has came into the game. Well, I shouldn't say he hadn't done a whole lot of work. He hasn't had to pitch many innings is what I should say. Because every inning is work out there. Interesting kind of setup for the lefty who, pitching out of the stretch, obviously, kind of starts with the right leg kicked out a little bit. It's interesting. It feels like he's going to have to throw like a cross body, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he definitely kicks that, uh, that leg out there. Gets that... Yeah, kind of turns those hips. He shifts those hips and then missed everything on that pitch. But, yeah, he, uh, he, he gets the hips turned and then kicks that leg and throws to home plate. So, definitely, yeah, it is a little interesting way. But he's, that's why he's out there and I'm up here because he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would say I know what I'm doing, too, over here, but... That's why we don't do each other's job. Yep, when, well, I don't think that'd be something that works for me, but, I mean, when you're good enough to play at the college level, obviously it works, and hopefully it doesn't work in this situation and Deal is able to blast one out. We're still looking for that first grand slam, and time's running That's out. That's true. So. I think if, if I was pitching, I would have to do everything I do would have to go towards home plate because yeah. every, everything that didn't do that, I would be losing too much momentum. So first pitch to Deal. That hit him on the elbow, so a run is walked in. As that's going to be a 5-1 to one score now in favor of the Renegades as Herschler will come past home plate, tag it, and give a 5-1 to one lead. Yeah, good good way to bring in a run right there, and especially landing right on that elbow pass. I don't even know if that hurt deal too much, and he'll take it. And now Matashek still looking for that first home run. We all want it to happen, and I'm going to keep saying it about the Grand Slam until it actually happens, if it ever happens. So now this will be Jack Matashak, the designated hitter. Bases loaded, one out here. Renegades back to a four-run lead. First pitch, that outside and way low, ball one. As catcher, Bruff had to really dig that glove in the dirt to keep that in front of him. Get bases juiced here. As Matashak steps back in, holds that bat straight up. Now he gets, he gets it set. 1-0 offering on the way. That one called strike one. 
Base hit pure by Matashek would really break this game open. Good speed with Wagner at second. You figure he'd be waved home if one finds outfield grass, and then you find yourself up six in the fourth inning. You'd feel real good about your chances the rest of the way. So Tommy Reether on third base, Wagner on second. Deal on first is that pitch. They say Matashek was able to put the brakes on, so he, he got a break there because I thought he almost went too far to go around, but... They say, nope, he was able to get the train stopped before it left the station. Even if they had ruled that Matashak swung there, I don't think you could blame him because that had one of the, some of the most movement I've seen on any slider so far this season. So 2-1 offering on the way. That one again way outside. Much different pitch there with the fastball. Looks like a little bit of trouble commanding it for Fisher. Like I was saying, that slider a moment ago started on the outside corner and ended almost all the way on the left side of the right-handed hitter's batter's box. That thing... Uh, apparently for Fisher, that slider has some real left-to-right movement. So three balls and one strike count, one out, bases loaded. I'd take here. Fisher, next pitch. That one's going to be a ball that's hit to left field. Left fielder going back on it. He'll make the grab. Reether's going to tag at third. He's going to scamper home to score. And another run has been plated. It's now a 6-1 a to one score in favor of the Renegades. Well, that's why I don't coach, because I would have said take there and had Matashek done that, it would have been a three-ball, two-strike count because that was a pretty good pitch to hit. And instead, Matashek turns it around and drives in a run. So that ends up as a sack fly, scores a run. Now it's to be Carter Gorling. He's got a two-for-two day. Matashek has a couple hits as well, plus that RBI. Three RBIs for Gorling. So runners on first and second. Two outs here. First pitch to him misses ball one. It's in the on-deck circle, Luke Fuller. Ton of room down that right field line for Gorling if he's able to punch it out that way. Gorling will dig back in. Fisher looking in. He gets the sign. 1-0 pitch. Forthcoming. Now it's on its way. That one downstairs just misses. So it'll make it two balls, no strikes. Ashley Carty, laughing at her own jokes back here. Hey, uh, yeah, me too. Check me off on that box. It's a skill you have. So two balls, no strikes. Two runners on, two outs. Fisher will step and turn to second, but no throw there. Ashley, where did Lincoln keep his armies? In his sleeveys. See, I left her speechless at that joke. So two balls, no strikes, two outs. Fisher's next delivery. That one upstairs and outside. So surely Fisher wouldn't walk the bases loaded here. Do you think he would? Well, I mean, it's a powerful hitter on deck and move four, so I don't know if I'd want to walk the bases loaded, especially with four would then have the righty-lefty advantage. But, I mean... I think the entire job on pitching staff is scared to face Goring right now the way he's hitting. So that one's going to be inside. That'll be ball four. So our four-pitch walk does indeed load the bases up as Wagner will go to third base, as Deal will go to second base, and Gorling will jog down to first base. We'll have a base hit here by Fuller who could put the Renegades really out in front on this one and Base hit here, likely makes this an 8-1 ball game. Grand slam puts the Renegades up by nine. So Fuller will step in here. He had an RBI single his last time up. Two outs on the board, bases loaded. First pitch to him, and they're called strike one. Ball squirts away from the catcher, but 
Bruff will go out and get it. Wagner did not think about, really think about coming home as Colby Ott will be in the on-deck circle. He would represent batter number nine that would come through the frame here. So no balls, one strike count, two outs. Next pitch from Fisher on its way. Fuller's going to see that one inside. Again, pops out of the catcher's glove, but doesn't go far enough for Wagner to come home. So count evens at one ball, one strike. Looks like the Outlaws aren't going to hold any runner on in a two-out situation and with a fourth any base. So because of that, Deal's able to get a pretty good-sized lead out there at second base, but pretty easily score on a single. So one ball, one strike count. Next pitch, there's going to be a bouncing ball, but foul as Ott tries to barehand it in the on-deck circle. Just pops off of his hand. Now Fuller's going to have to go into a two-strike approach. Watch that slider down and away, or at least down. As Fuller tried to go down and get that one, got on top of it. Watch for the pitcher, Fisher, to maybe go to that spot again, especially in a one-two count where he can afford to miss with one. Fuller in right field here today. We've seen him just about everywhere except on the mound and almost saw that last night. That one behind him, going to get by everybody. As Wagner coming in, he'll cross home plate, untouched. Another run scores. Well, he went with the slider there, but had almost zero control of it because that started at the back hip of Fuller and then ended all the way behind him. And Fuller pretty easily would have stepped out of the way, and good thing he did. Well, I guess with the bases loaded, it would have brought in a run anyway. But now, two more in scoring position and a run coming in to score. So as much movement as that slider has for Fisher, it doesn't matter if you can't locate it. So that takes the count. Two balls, two strikes. Again, another run score. It's now a 7-1 score. That one bounces across home plate. So now we'll be full, three balls and two strikes. Again, Fuller at bat here. Now at third is Deal and Gorling over to second base. Renegades lead by a score of 7-1 to one as we play here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Looks like another pitch warming up out there for the Outlaws. So Fisher will get set. Payoff pitch. There's going to be a ball that's ripped foul. Well, Fuller put good contact on it just way out in front, so it went over by the Renegades' dugouts. And once again, not holding the runners on, so a big lead at second for Gorling. Fisher can't afford to lose Fuller here and would load the bases again with first base now open. But with the issues of command that he's had so far in this inning, I don't even know if I'd want to face Ott with runners everywhere. Well, you know what I really like here is this is another inning where the Renegades are scoring runs with two outs. They've done that three times so far. That pitch, that one outside, the bases are loaded once again. As Colby Ott will trot on deck and come to the bat, to the uh, plate rather. He is batter number nine here to go through this inning as he has a walk and flew out to center field. So it'll be bases loaded here with Ott up to bat. Already three runs plated in this inning. Renegades lead by a score of 7-1. to one. He could bust it open here if he could put a ball down either corner. First pitch to him inside, low ball one. Fisher looks to have really good stuff, a good fastball slider combo, especially good velo on that fastball. But once again, doesn't matter if you can't locate, and he just can't do that tonight. And every pitcher goes through stretches like that, especially when you have great stuff. There's going to be nights where you just can't have it and don't know what Fisher's overall numbers are on the season. I know you read him off a little bit ago, but just doesn't look like he has the command tonight, and that's what's hurt him since coming into this ballgame. So one ball, no strike count. Again, two outs here. On the board, but base is loaded. Ott sees the next pitch. That one's going to be swung on and missed. As that'll even it at one ball and one strike. 
really it, it makes me think about basketball. You know, when you see a stretch of basketball, when we talk about somebody put a lid on the bucket and they can't get a they can't get a basket in there to save their life, that's almost like what it is here is that the strike zone, there's been a plate put up there and he just can't seem to get one in there. That one fouled off. That would have been in the strike zone, I think. But just kind of reminds me of that, that there's been, you know, a barrel put up there and he can't seem to find a way to put a ball in there. Yeah, I kind of did him a favor in the 1-0 count, swung at a pitch almost at his back foot and swung over the top of it to make the 1-1. And depending on how this ends, that's oh, that swing 1-0 could completely change the outcome of the setback. Otherwise, it would have been 2-0 with the bases loaded. So one ball, two strike count again. Bases loaded, two outs here. Next pitch on its way. That one low, and it bounces out of the catcher's glove, but not far enough for anybody to advance. Well, it was a 2-2 situation to four last that bad, and then Fisher eventually lost him to load the bases. Same type of thing here would bring in the run as the Renegades are sending their ninth hitter to the plate. Question for you, do you consider batting around nine hitters coming to the plate or ten hitters coming to the plate? I think it's got to be the tenth one to bat around. I've seen a good debate about this on Twitter. That one's going to be fouled back. Well, to bat around, you've got to have the 10th one because otherwise you just sent nine people around. But to bat around, you got to have the second one. Have the, you got to have somebody have a second bat in the inning. So that would be Joe. You're right, Ashley. So we're almost to that point. What's your stance on it, Ben? I've gone back and forth. I think I've been talked into the thing with 10, although originally I will say I thought if you just sent all nine. There's going to be a ball hit on the button to the second baseman. He'll keep it in front of him, throw to first. For out number three, that goes as a 4-3 put out. However, the Renegades were able to put three more runs on. They now lead by six at a score of 7-1. We'll take a quick break and be right back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Serving the capital city and the surrounding area for 70 years, Animal Medical Center strives to provide the best possible medical service for your pet in a caring atmosphere. To promote quality healing and preventative care in a fear-free environment, Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is a full-service veterinary hospital. Whether your pet has fur, feathers, or scales, Dr. Greg Boyer and Dr. Kayla Terry have the experience and expertise to treat complex medical conditions as well as providing annual well checks and vaccinations. Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is the only veterinary hospital in the capital city accredited by the American American Animal Hospital Association. To schedule an appointment, call the team at Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City at 573-636-4626. Running out of some of your favorite Avon products and haven't seen an Avon brochure in quite some time? No need to worry. Avon Independent Sales Representative Michelle Carty can help with your skin so soft, makeup, jewelry, fragrance, and skin care needs. Avon now carries cleaning supplies, clothing, daily essentials, and several small LG electronic items. You now have the opportunity to shop online 24-7 and have your order shipped directly to your front door by shopping with Michelle at mcarty.avonrepresentative.com or find her on Facebook by searching Avon Carty. Well, the Renegades able to extend their lead as they lead by a score of 7-1. Now, in that inning, they were able to put up one, just two hits. So they scored three runs on two hits, no errors, left three on the base path. As we go to the top of the fifth inning now. Had to take a dance break there between innings. 
Oh, Joe, we're not ready for the Mambo number five. We're not ready for that one. So that'll be Banners. One, two, and three. This will be Bressler, Saracusa, and Machuca. We got our workout in, right? So now we're ready for the rest of the night. Yeah, hopefully coming back up here to see Dame will put down a shutdown inning after getting three more runs to support. So first pitch misses ball one. Bressler has walked twice here tonight already. For those of you that aren't familiar, doing the Hey Baby dance. Has some friends down in Savannah. There's going to be a bouncing ball. Gorling's going to glove it. He'll drop and pick it up. Step on one for the out three unassisted. As that'll be out number one. Now this will be Saracusa stepping in. As I said, we got some friends from Savannah that uh, know a thing or two about baseball, the Savannah Bananas. They do uh, the Hey Baby dance. We've kind of borrowed it from them. So we're uh, basically we're trying to put ourselves together and get enough practice that we can maybe issue a challenge later on at some point. Uh, we're running out of home games here, but i got to say, every game we get a little better and better at this. Yeah, that's probably a good good way to put it. It's come a long way from the first home game. <laughs> yeah, that that, much. That's an understatement. That pitch missed everybody and everything as Syracuse will be in the count 1-0. Yeah, the first game it was like pulling teeth. Wow. Oh, I, I hit him? Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you, Ashley. I don't know where it hit him, but it hit him. It hit him in the imaginal imaginal imag, imaginal Okay. <laughs> It hit him somewhere that we didn't see, apparently. Wanted to go back to that first set bat to start this fifth inning. Nice to see uh, Damo force Bress sort of put the ball in play because he had walked twice tonight, I think maybe even on eight pitches, maybe one strike in the first two at-bats. Regardless, gets the out, and nice to see Damo bounce back against the only hitter that he'd really lost command to all night. So stepping in here is Machuca. He has a runner on with one out. Howdy getting some face time over in the picture. River Oak Christian Academy night. There's going to be a ball hit. Diving grab in center field for out number one as Tommy Reether gets a diving grab for out number two. Yeah, that was slick by Reether. Comes charging into his right, basically in the left center field gap, and goes into the slide and takes that one just off the top of the grass. That thing may have even been lower than his foot when that found the glove. But umpire in the field had up the out call, and, I'll take it. You know what? Look at the big smile Damel has on his face. Obviously, they played together last year here, so they know each other quite well, but he's got a big smile on his face because that is a web gym play right there from Tommy. This will be catcher Max Bruff stepping in. Two outs on the board, runner on first. First pitch to him outside. Nice job of Hersler to grab that on the way by. But as uh, we were saying, though, that uh, we do the Hey Baby dance here. We have a lot of fun with it. The fans get involved. The first game was like pulling teeth that we did that at. But since then, we've got better at it. Our fans have got better. The players are getting into it. So it's it's a lot of fun here. That one swung on a miss. Even the count, one ball, one strike. Nice fastball there delivered by Bamel. Essentially just blew it right past Bruff, who was unable to catch up with that one. And Bruff has came up with runners on in pretty much every at-bat tonight. Nice to see him come up with only one on. Not a chance to do a ton of damage unless he finds a gap or puts it over the wall. Yeah, he is. He has had at least one base runner on the base path, as you said, every time he has been at bat here. So throw over to first base back safely is Syracuse after he was hit by pitch in the imaginary arm, I guess. I don't know. Neither one of us saw where it hit him. So 1-1 offering. That one a bit inside and low. So we'll go two balls and one strike. Ooh. That pitch that hit Syracuse still went to the backstop on the fly. So that's why it's usually you don't see that when it gets hit unless it just maybe nicked the jersey on the way by. That's yeah. about all I can think of. I thought it got uh, Hersler crossed up, but another throw back to first base. That one a lot safer, but back safely. 
in there is Saracusa. Renegades up by six right now, but it honestly feels like they're up by eight or ten. They've just been in complete control of this one from start up until this point in the top of the fifth. Yeah, seven runs on ten hits. So 2-1 pitch. That one just caught the strike zone. I was going to say 10 hits is how many we had when Yamasaki was still in the game, but then I remembered once Fisher came in, he wasn't giving up hits. He just couldn't find the strike zone, so it makes sense. Yeah, 10 hits. There's been six base runners left on the base path for those seven runs that they produced over those 10 hits. I'll get to Joplin's line in just a second. 2-2 pitch. That one just missed as we will go full of three balls and two strikes. Damo thought it was strike three. He was halfway off the mound. Have to come back and do it again, especially now in a 3-2 count, so Syracuse will be able to get a head start and be on the run before this pitch. like to see the same fastball, but similar location, I think Damo gets the call. That one's going to be a bouncing ball. Hopkins with a glove at short. He'll make the long throw to first. Gorling digs it out That's for out. One Number three. Play. Boy, he had to stretch out for that, had to dig it out of the dirt. He did both of those. That is a 6-3 put out for out number three. No runs, no hits, no errors, one left on base. We'll go to the bottom of the fifth inning as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. At the Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. We know that you're more than just a subscriber. You're an employer. You're a parent. You're a neighbor. Most importantly, you're a community member. It's our goal to provide you with the latest news, sports, opinions, obituaries, classifieds, and more to keep you informed about your community. To find out more about the Boone County Journal or to subscribe, call 573-657-2334 or visit bocojo.com. The Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. At Centurion Cares, for more than three decades, their focus has been on exceeding customer expectations for contact center software solutions. Their innovative communication solutions include utility interactive voice response software that allows for smart communication features that let your utility deliver superior customer service 24-7. They also provide other streamlined services like automatic call distribution, automated customer callback, reporting, and quality assurance. To find out more about how Centurion Cares can help your business, call them at 727-421. 5300 or look them up online at centurioncares.com centurion cares innovative communication solutions we go here to the bottom of the fifth inning as we'll take a quick look here in just a minute about the make league scoreboard update ben's working hard on that as this will be batters 8, 9, and 1. If that sounds like deja vu, because it is deja vu, that's exactly where we were last inning. Yeah, it looks like the uh, couple lopsided games going on around the league, really in all three, as three ga- three games, 16 playing on this Thursday night. The closest score in all three of them is a five-run game, and that's between the Griffins and the Merchants, as the Griffins in the top of the sixth inning are beating the Merchants by a score of 8-3, to three. so quite the turnaround from last night where the Merchants pretty much stomped on Nevada. And then the other game, the Mustangs are winning 11-0 over the Mudcats. So we can assume that game, which is currently in the top of the six, will likely end after seven innings. Yeah, most likely. That'd be all right if our game also ended after seven innings. As first pitch to Joe, misses ball one. You know, you kind of talked about something, too, that uh, you mentioned Joplin really uh, having, I mean, they've already clinched, uh, most likely clinched the top spot. They know they're going to the playoffs. Mathematically, it's going to be very difficult for uh, for anybody to to catch them. 
But uh, still, you know, the Renegades have a lot to play for as that one swung on and nicked on the way by, hits the backstop. But at the end of the day, what, uh, you know, the good thing is is that if that is the case, if Joplin is saying, Joplin is saying, okay, well, this game doesn't matter to us. You know, we're just going to not, not push it, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to just kind of let whatever happens, happens. But that's good for the Renegades because, like I said, we don't want to be in a position where we say, well, Nevada has to lose. Nevada has to lose to do this. We want to be in the position to say that we're going to win so it doesn't matter what Nevada does, whether they win or lose. We're going to win, and we're going to control our own destiny, and that's really the position where they're at right now is that one misses, takes it two balls, one strike. Yeah, I agree completely on this on the part about uh, just win and whatever happens, happens. This one misses outside and make it 3-1. But looking at the Outlaws, they're 23-18, and 18 and the Bombers are 20-20, and 20, so only a two-and-a-half lead for the Outlaws with three games to play. So I think I'd take back what I said earlier. This game certainly looks like it has some meaning for this team just because, I mean, you, you don't want to have to play in that wild card game. You want the bye and be able to play in the division round at home. That one misses, ball four, so Herschler will take a walk as he will jog on down to first base. Now to be shortstop Taylor Hopkins. He's 0 for 2. He struck out twice here in the game as Tommy Reether will be in the on-deck circle. He's the top of the lineup as batting in the first spot. So Hopkins will step in here. He will have one runner on. Nobody out here. 7-1 Renegades lead as we play in the bottom of the fifth. First pitch to him. Oh, he thought about swinging at that one, but watches it go by for strike one. Yeah, depending on how the rest of that bat goes, I think he may regret that one because although it had some movement, it fell right into the middle of the zone. And if he's on target or on top of that pitch, he could have done some damage. But what do I know? I'm just sitting back here. I had the same thought, too. He's going to probably think twice about that one. That one misses ball one. As you saw him tense up like he, after he let that go by, like, ah, I should have swung at that. That was in the wheelhouse. So one ball, one strike count. Fisher will look back in and get the sign from Bruff, who's catching tonight's game. He'll look at first base, now back home. 1-1 offering on its way. That one, again, called strike two. Almost the exact same position and happening as ball as pitch one. I just don't know if Hopkins is seeing any off-speed well tonight because his two strikeouts, both off-speed, down and away, and now in this at-bat has taken the two best pitches, also both off-speed. So I don't think there's any reason for Fisher to throw a fastball right here. One-two offering from Fisher, forthcoming. Two looks at first, long second look in. Now he's set, one-two pitch, that one inside. I thought that hit Hopkins, but he will stay in there as Herschler will jog down to second base with a wild pitch. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that one missed on the fastball. If I'm Fisher right here, I am not giving Hopkins anything with some velocity on it because so far in the now, this is third of bad. He just has not seen the off-speed stuff well. He's chased it, and he's looked at the ones in the zone, so... I mean, 2-2, you still got one more waste pitch. I think right here I'm going with that slider that starts in the zone and bends to the back foot, see if I can get a Hopkins to swing over the top of it. So two balls, two strikes, no outs. Runner on second, that one upstairs a bit outside. Boy, he, Hopkins really would have had to reach at that. Yeah. He, you know, he, he leaned the body forward, but he didn't, he didn't pick up the bat, so he knew it was out of the zone. But, again, showing some control here and not swinging. At, uh, at these pitches that are outside the zone. So payoff pitch from Fisher on its way. It's another walk. So back-to-back walks issued here. Great back control by there with Hopkins, especially once it got to a two-strike count. The one you were just talking already leaned out. The only place he's going to take that pitch is to right field. And can he do it? Yes, but it would have been much harder to do so. And then another pitch that missed outside on the full count. So much better play discipline than the first two at-bats. It looks much more like the normal Taylor Hopkins. That or it's going to go foul, yep. which gives him 
Obviously, he had two strikes, so he couldn't take another one. But now this will be Tommy Reether. First pitch to Tommy on the outside part of the plate for call and strike one. First baseman playing directly behind the runner, Hopkins, and the second baseman pulled a little up to middle. So if Reether can pull a ball here into that right side hole, it looks to be some room to work with. So no balls and one strike. Next pitch, that's way upstairs, gets by the catcher. <laughs> Tommy hasn't left his stance yet. That wasn't even close, and Tommy just deciding to not even leave the batter's box. He went down into a crouch and then just stayed right there. Well, Tommy's got the chest hair to, to flare out. Tommy's not an old man. So one ball, two strike count. Now the second baseman pulled much more over to the right side. 1-1 one, one pitch. Again, that one upstairs and inside. Reether has to back out of the way there. So that'll make it two balls and one strike. Again, Hersler on third base and Hopkins at second base after each given a walk. Hersler took second on a wild pitch. Then they both took second and third together in unison with the last wild pitch. So 2-1 offering. That one's going to be just outside. That'll make it. Three balls and one strike. Yeah, that's a pitch that if Fisher has been locating, that may be called a strike, but he's been so all over the zone. If Damo throws that same pitch, that might be a called strike, but you're not going to get that call when you can't find the strike zone with anything else. So three balls, one strike, next delivery. That one's going to be sliced. It's going to be a little slow hit. It'll get down. It'll score a run, as now they're going to make it two runs as Hopkins is on his way across home plate as Tommy Reether has a two-RBI single into left field to make it now a 9-1 to game. Yeah, that was excellent base running by Taylor Hopkins. Went about halfway in between second and third when that was off the bat, and then realizing that that was going to drop in front of the left fielder, was able to score pretty easily. There's some base runners who don't get as good of a read and might have only made it to third, but Hopkins had that ball all the way, and I think it's just about time to remove Fisher from this game. Just does not have the stuff tonight. It looks to have good pitches, but just does not have the stuff. So this will be a new pitcher here in the ball game. We're going to take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Last Sentinel Firearms is your federally licensed and registered Type 7 FFL manufacturer dealer in Missouri, providing quality products to all types of sports enthusiasts, law enforcement, and individuals across the nation. Orders are currently being fulfilled, offering custom-built pistols and rifles from the AR platform made right here in Missouri. Visit their website at lastsentinelfirearms.com or call them at 417-684-7202 to find out what they've got for you. Last Sentinel Firearms, you are your last line of defense. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Christopher Scott at 573-896-0131 to see how I can help you stay in the game. That's Christopher Scott at 573-896-0131. We are farmers. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. So pitching change here as new pitcher on the mound will be Brett Graham as Graham has seven appearances. He has no record, so no game started, no wins, no losses, no saved. He's worked five innings. And he has a 12.60 ERA, five strikeouts. That means that he came in and did terrible when he pitched. If <laughs> he's only worked five innings and he has seven appearances, 
That's uh, I'm not a genius, but that's a bad combination there. This looks like it's going to be the second time he's facing the Renegades. Also looks like he came in on the 17th. That was just a couple days ago. Renegades obviously got blown out in that game, so I don't know how he did. But certainly kind of another mop-up situation. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if the Renegades can push across two more runs and be up by 10, that would be almost the perfect scenario because Damo certainly looks like he's good enough to give you another inning and maybe go all seven if you could run well in that situation. And... That could not be any more helpful for the Renegades at this point because their bullpen, I think saying their bullpen is shot is an understatement because they were one inning away from using a position player who's never pitched last night. So that gives you about a state of where that thing is at. And they could really use a night off from not having any use, not having to use any of those arms. And, and uh, you know, you say that too, like you're, you're not wrong. But I do want to preface, though, that that's by, that's by decision in that they're going to pitch a position player because the bullpen is pretty well depleted at the moment. So you're going to save one of your bullpen players and, uh, you know, pitch one of those guys because that's just what needs to happen. We saw it. The Cardinals have done it. You know, they had uh, uh, – they had uh, um, well, we've seen it, uh, what, three games, four games this season where they've had a commanding lead. The unfortunate thing, the Renegades were on the downhill side of the score, uh, but uh, saw Albert pitching, saw – uh, you know, several others who were not pitchers that uh, had saw Yachty was out there pitching too. <laughs> he had what about the slowest, slowest fastball in the uh, major league this season? He wasn't. He wasn't uh, running up the uh, radar gun. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a minimum requirement on the radar gun, and I'm not sure if he was if he was hitting that minimum or not. But you know what? He was having fun. His team was ahead, and uh, really, that's all that matters. So now this will be. Stepping in, Cole Wagner. As Wagner will hit that one at sky high, it's going to go out of play. That one might end up down in the uh, creek, and it takes uh, bouncing. Kids are down there trying to track that out of the water. Again, the uh, Nevada Griffins still beating the uh, Carroll Merchants 8-3 to at Nevada, bottom of the sixth inning there. 11 to nothing at St. Joe over the Mudcats, and that's the bottom of the sixth inning. So theirs might be done a little bit early here tonight as well. That's okay if they're done early. It'd be okay if we're done early. Is that pitch way upstairs? That takes it one ball, one strike. Yeah, as you said, you know, Damel has a chance to pitch the complete game here if we could get it done in seven innings because of the run rule. He would have a chance to do that, and what a big help that would be to the bullpen, to say the least. Absolutely, and I don't know what arms are even available tonight, but tonight I have to use any and set them out to be used tomorrow. Also against Shopping would be big. Runner's going to go to second. His throw down there offline, diving in. He is Tommy Reether. He will have a stolen base. You don't think in that situation that the Renegades aren't trying to end this thing at, in seven innings because, yeah. you know. You know what? When you play Joplin, more often than not, it seems over the last several years, Joplin, the Outlaws have whipped the Renegades' butts. So, you know what? You leave it all. It doesn't matter if you're ahead by 20 runs, by one run. If you're down 20, you're playing to, you're playing for blood. That's just what you got to do. Well, we saw the Renegades up 7-2 the night, and they blew it. So I th- I'm in the same boat as you. Score as much as you can. That pitch is going to catch the outside part of the plate for called strike two. So that will even the count at two balls and two strikes. Again, nobody out here as the Renegades have already scored two runs as Tommy Reether had an RBI, two RBI single that went into left field. So still trying to keep the uh, train moving, keep the runs across the track and touching home plate. 2-2 pitch, that one's going to be reached out and fouled. Wagner had to fight back for that one, but that's probably a good foul ball that he had right there. Yeah, if he makes contact, that's a ball probably hit in the air to left field and not hit all that well. Would not have been able to advance Reether. So here for Wagner, you're just looking at ball in play, especially to the right side. If he hits one on the ground on the right side, Reether's going to third for sure. 
And with only zero outs, you can afford to kind of have a move station to station and then eventually score. So two balls, two strikes. As next pitch from Graham, that one swung on and missed for out number one. As this will be Caden Deal stepping in. He was hit by a pitch his last time up, struck out before that, and then had a single into left field, was able to trot around and score a run later on as Graham Gets his first strikeout of the game and the first batter that he faces here. In the bottom of the fifth inning, Renegades leading by a score of 9-1 to one over the Outlaws. But just one out here in the inning and a runner on second base. That's Reether as Deal steps in here on the left-hand side of the plate. Graham slowing it down here. Now he'll look in. First pitch, that one's going to be fouled off as Deal We'll be down in the count at 0-1. That was a nice pitch to Wagner a moment ago to get the strikeout. Pitch before, went fastball top of the zone. Wagner fouled it off. Now Graham essentially going to the complete opposite part all the way down in the dirt. Goes off speed and gets Wagner to swing both out in front and over the top of it. That was some good pitch mixing by Graham to get his first out. So Graham again looking at second base. That's Reether on there, 0-1 offering. There's going to be a big swing and a miss for strike number two. As still one out on the board. Graham looking to get strikeout number two here in the ball game after he just came in. He's only faced one batter. Had a strikeout there. This is the second batter now he's facing. I should have said this is the second batter he's facing. So he'll look in, take a deep breath, second look at second. Now he'll turn and throw. Tommy back safely as he dove under the tag. That was a good uh, decision, though, by Graham trying to catch him napping. Yeah, if that throw is directly on the bag, you may have a shot if Bressler could have got the tag on, but it pulled Bressler off to the left side of the bag, gave Reether more than enough time to get back in safely. So looking back in is Graham. He'll settle on the side he wants from his catcher, Bruff. Now he'll look back at second, look back at home. 0-2 pitch, that one in the dirt. As Bruff able to keep it in front of him, takes a one ball, two strikes. That's a nice block by Bruff behind the plate because if that thing kicks off to the left or right whatsoever, Reether easily takes third, but Bruff popped up and just basically had to ricochet right off for his chest protector into his hands. So one ball, two strike count, and Graham on the rubber here. Renegades lead by a score of 9-1. to one. one out here in the inning, a base runner on second for the Renegades. Next offering from Graham. That one's going to be fouled back, so we'll still stay at one ball and two strikes as Jack Matishak, the DH in the on-deck circle, he came out to get that ball. However, home plate umpire says, no, I got it, no problem. Good fight here from Deal in this at bat. Love to see Matishak come to the plate with two runners on, but it's going to take Deal working his way out of a one-ball, two-strike count. One-ball, two-strike count. Graham looks back in. Second look in at second. Now the pitch to home misses low, so that makes it a two ball and two strike count. Almost the exact same pitch that Graham threw to get the strikeout on Wagner. This time Deal able to hold up. And the only way you're doing anything with that pitch is if Deal would have went almost down to a knee and kind of would have had to golf it out to right field. So good take there. So two balls, two strikes here. It's Deal. We'll look back in. He'll swing his bat a little bit. Now he gets set. That pitch misses outside, so now we're full at three balls and two strikes. And Deal steps out. Now he'll step back in on the left-hand side of the plate. Bruff set up at the knees with that last pitch, and Graham missed outside, and it looked to be the fastball. So not great command of it there. We'll see if he can find it 3-2. So payoff pitch will be forthcoming. 
Second look back at second for Graham. Now payoff pitch. There's going to be a ball fouled off. So guess what? We'll do it again. Bruff once again setting up at the knees. Maybe even just above calling for the fastball. Graham delivered, but that one actually bent lower than ease. Probably would have been ball four had Deal taken it. But at the same point in time, too close out of the hand of the pitcher Graham. Uh, Deal had to start his swing right away and makes contact just to stay alive. Good decision there. Renegades leading by a score of 9-1. Three balls, two strike counts. Graham shakes off one sign. Nope, shakes off that one, says I don't like that either. Now, yep, I like that one. So he's settled on his pitch that he's looking for from Bruff. He'll look back at second. Payoff pitch is on its way. That one's going to be outside, ball four. So now there'll be two runners on as Jack Matishak stepping in. So it'll be runners on first and second with one out as Matishak, the designated hitter, he's had two hits, a single and a double. He scored a couple times, had... A sack fly as well. Also has a run batted in. Looks like Graham is fighting some tailing action on that fastball. A couple times where he's tried to start it on the outside edge. It's just fallen off the outside corner of the plate. And Graham certainly looks to be fighting that right now. And that's what's led to some uh, poor command this inning. So what out here? First pitch to Matichak that way outside, ball one. Carter Gorling in the on-deck circle. He has a two-for-two day. Also has a walk. He's... Got three RBIs. He's also scored a run himself. So Graham looks back in, now looks at second. 1-0 pitch on its way. That one just misses for ball two. Makes it two balls, no strikes. Just shy of 9 o'clock here at the Show Me Sports Network. Blank Gasaway here with you, joined by Ben Schmidt from the Doc and Norm Direct broadcast booth. No hold for the runner on first base and deal. He's got a huge lead. There's going to be a ball fouled out of play, so that will make it two balls and one strike. That ball landed inside of the ballpark behind the bleachers in the concourse area, but then took one bounce out of the stadium, so that'll send everyone into a frenzy to go and retrieve it. So Graham will step off and Work something on his shoe. Now he'll get set back on the rubber. Two balls, one strike count as Matishak will also step back in. Graham looks at home. Now he looks at second. Tommy Reether on second base. That pitch, that one's going to catch the outside part of the plate. Well, even at two balls, two strikes. As Reether on second, deal on first. Matishak to bat. Gorling in the on-deck circle. Renegades lead by a score of 9-1 to one here. Graham will look in. 2-2 pitch on its way. That one's going to be called strike three on the inside part of the plate. And Matishak says, are you kidding me? We just went through this about a week ago. Yeah, that's a tough pitch there for Matishak because it had a lot of movement on it. And Matishak would have had to really fire the hips and pull that hands pull those hands inside. All of you could have really done with that one is slice it down the right field line. I don't really even think it was a strike, so... Tough call there. Going to have those throughout the season, as we've known, especially with Matashek. It just seems like every borderline call doesn't go his way. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. If it's borderline, I'll bet the house that it's going to go in favor of not him, the pitcher, whoever else. It doesn't matter, but it's not going to fall in his favor. Ton of room to work with as Syracuse is shaded up the middle against the righty Goring. So there's a huge hole on the right side of the infield. Well, two outs here. Gorling steps in. He's got... A perfect day so far, that pitch low, ball one. Interesting decision for the outlaws to do this now with two outs, still opting to hold the runner, Reether, on his second. Not necessarily hold him on, but have the second baseman playing close to the bag. 
understand the decision with less than two outs, but now I think in this situation you just want to play for out number three, and instead you're giving Goring a lot of room to work with on the infield. So 1-0 offering on its way. That one dropped in there for called strike one. That was had a lot of movement to it, and Gorling watches it go by, strike one. I think now at this point I'm just actively rooting for Gorling to hit a ground ball right to where the second baseman would be if they didn't have him pulled up the middle. That's essentially what I want to happen at this situation. So two runners on, one ball, one strike count. Next pitch is on the way. That one downstairs, Bruff comes up like he's going to throw, but Bluff, he was just bluffing. Bruff was bluffing there. Don't hold the runner on at first base, so if Goring puts one in the outfield, at the very least, probably looking at a runner going from first to third, maybe even scoring. So two balls, one strike count. Next pitch, that one bounces across home plate. So now we'll go three balls and one strike. Luke Fuller in the on-deck circle. He walked, had an RBI single the time before that in his last two at-bats. So he's the one due up. This is the seventh batter of the frame here as Gorling steps in. Three balls, one strike count. Again, two outs. Renegades lead by a score of 9-1. to one. As Graham looks in, 3-1 offering on its way. That one upstairs and walked him, so Gorling gets back-to-back walks now. So not a bad night for him. He's had a two-RBI single, a an RBI single. He's had a walk and a walk. He's also scored himself when he had that single run single. He scored later on in the frame. Well, that magic 10-run lead is sitting out there at second base. The hope Fuller can put one out into the outfield to get drive home another couple of runs as he's already brought home two tonight. So Fuller will step in here. Base is loaded. Two outs again. This has been the magic for him. Two outs is when they've done most of the work. First pitch, that one outside. Ball one. Good take there by Fuller. So Fuller will step back in. Colby out in the on-deck circle. Time called here as they're going to go out and have a conversation as Bruff with Graham. So everybody will get a chance here to take a quick breather and get ready as we play here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Renegades lead by a score of 9-1. Blake Gazza here with you, joined by Ben Schmidt as we're bringing you coverage of Renegades baseball here from the Dock and Norm Direct broadcast booth here at Historic or New Vivian Field. Tonight, a lot of happenings at the ballpark as uh, it is the uh, fifth and final thankful Thursday. First responders, firefighters, police officers, EMTs, all of our first responders got in for one buck here at the ballpark. Also, it's River Oak Christian Academy night. I believe it's scout night at the ballpark. And uh, it's also the Red Slipper, no, Red uh, Red Warrior Project, Red Slipper Warrior Project night here at the ballpark. And there's another group over there that I can't remember what. Tunnels to Tower. That was a good pitch on the 1-0 to 4, right at the knees, off speed, perfect location. There's going to be a ball ripped into left field. That's going to get fair. As that should score at least two runs. Coming around second to third is Gorling. They're going to wave him home as he will be in standing up as a three RBI double for Luke Fuller as it makes it a 12 to 1 ball game as Fuller delivers again. That's one of the hardest hit balls I have seen in a long time by the Renegades. He smoked that ball. And there was, as Graham went with the fastball, Fuller said, There is no chance of getting that by me. And the only question off the bat would be whether or not that had enough hooking action to get foul. But Fuller pulls it down the line, and 
It's it's a shame we don't have exit Vigo on that thing because I would not be shocked if that was in triple digits. That ball was killed. I think you're absolutely right on that. As Fuller, the home run derby champion for the 2022 Mink League All-Star game, just showed his power right there. As you said, he just ripped that ball into left field, and he gets credit for three RBIs, gives the Renegades a five spot here. And again, like I said, doing damage with two outs. I believe they've scored nine or ten of those runs with two outs on the board. Yep, well, you have three of them now in this inning. Out of the three last inning, what? I think two came in with two outs, so I'll let you look at your score part. But, yeah, yeah, man, we've seen some home runs throughout the season where the ball wasn't hit as hard as the one Fuller just put into the corner. And with the left fielder pulled over a little bit closer towards right or left center field, that ball just continued to roll and roll into the corner and growing pretty easily able to score from first base. He was moving to it on the bases. So now it'll be still two outs, runner on second. Ott's going to step in, first pitch that one. Looked like that rainbowed in there was nowhere close to the right strike zone. Might not have even been in the right county at this point. Feels like it's been forever since we've seen Damo out there on the mound. What what batter is this this inning? This is batter number nine. It's okay. just like the uh, fourth we inning. We just can't get to the tent. We need one more right. to, to, quote, bat around. So hot will be ahead in the count. One ball, no strike. And Herschler in the on-deck circle. There's going to be a ball fouled back. So we'll go one ball, one strike. Renegades put a five spot up here in the bottom of the fifth inning. They now lead by a score of 12 to 1. This is like last night when the there were kept being long innings at the plate for the Bombers, and then Jimenez would come right back out and throw like a three-minute inning, and the Renegades would head back out onto the field. But except it, tonight, it's in the Renegades' favor. That pitch, that one's going to be in there for called strike two on the outside part of the plate as Graham trying to paint that outside corner and does so right there. Again, one ball, two strike count. Again, two outs here. Renegades lead by a score of 12 to 1 as they continue to put on the runs here. Graham will check at second. That's Fuller. One two pitch on its way. There's going to be a ball hit into center field. The center fielder will track it down as he will make the grab. Going to his right as that will be out number three. So that will end the inning. However, the Renegades were able to put up five runs as they now lead by a score of 12-1. to We'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Moex Dock and Norm Direct is back better than ever. Much more than your number one ground shuttle transportation service to St. Louis Airport. Yes! Moex Dock and Norm Direct is mid-Missouri's leader in premier group travel, sporting events, concerts, wedding receptions, the lake, winery trips, Branson, plaza shopping, reunions, pub crawls, group sizes from one to 100 or beyond. We do it all. Remember, we want you to ride Moex Dock and Norm Direct. The following public service announcement is brought to you by the Eddie Goodell Society, Jefferson City Chapter 10, doing little things to make a big difference. Want to make a big difference in your community? Be kind to others, drive safely, and put litter in its proper place. Join us in celebrating Eddie Goodell's historic Major League appearance as a member of the St. Louis Browns by doing something nice for someone today. Take the walk, Eddie! Well, the Renegades starting to roll here. 
as military salutes and honoring our veterans and active service members here at the ballpark. Great to see both squads come out of the dugout and show salute. We tip the hat as well. As nice job. Our fans always happy to participate in that as well. I've seen other teams in the Mink League do it, but nobody does it quite like we do here at Historic Ernie Vivian Field. So I think it's something we want to push to the league to make it a league-wide thing in the future. I will say, though, we do ours just a little bit better than everybody else because we try to walk around with the microphone and let our uh, military personnel have a chance to say who they are, where they served, uh, anything like that they'd want to do because we want to give them an opportunity to thank each and every one of them and give them a chance to have the spotlight. So nobody else does does it quite like we do to have both teams come out of the dugout. Nobody does that little extra touch either. And I got to say, that's something that not uh, I'm not taking the credit for this, but that's something I started with the military salute that we've added since the season started. And, uh, you know, it's been great because I've had several of our veterans say, when we first rolled it out, they say, no, nah, I, I just, just skip me. I don't want to do it. But you know what? When we got to it, they hopped on the microphone and they were proud to say who they were and where they did. And that's exactly what we want to do is honor them for their commitment and their sacrifices. So first pitch here, it'll be batters five, six, and seven. This will be first baseman, Matt Campbell. He sees first pitch in there, ball one. So again, for our listeners too, that are military personnel, thank you for your service. We appreciate the, our veterans and our active military. Appreciate everything you did and uh, you're doing for our country. That one's going to be fouled off as Campbell just gave Damel a gift there as he didn't mean to swing at that, but he did go around. So that'll be a one-ball, one-strike count. Yeah, Damel for about the last hour has probably spent 10 minutes of it on the mound. The other 50 in the dugout because the Renegades have put up eight runs in the last two innings. So one-ball, one-strike count. That pitch, that's just going to miss the inside part of the plate. So we will go two balls and one strike. It's always interesting to see how pitchers react after long half innings off like the one Damel just had and the one before. It didn't affect him in the fifth. Hopefully it stays the same in the sixth, just giving up one run through the first five. The Renegades lead 12-1. to one. That one's going to be fouled out of play. So guess what? We're now even at two balls, two strikes. Well, it looks like Damel's fastball still has the same life on it as it did back in the first inning. Uh, gets the swing there from Campbell late on it and hopefully can blow it past him now for strike three. So nobody out here is first batter to plate here is Campbell, then Carpenter, then Lott are the three that are due up. So Damel will look back in. I'm just going to call Carpenter on deck, Rizzo, for the rest of the night. <laughs> I can't get that stance out of my head now. So two balls, two strike, next pitch. So that one just missed inside. That was even closer than the previous one. So now we're full of three balls, two strikes. That was a, that was a pretty pitch there by Damel. Had some movement, looked to back door its way into the corner at the knees. And you're not going to get that call every time, but Damel certainly had he thought he had it because he took a slow walk around the mound after that one was uh, called ball three. So Damel's payoff pitch on its way. That one's going to be a well-hit ball straight up the middle. Damel just about lost his glove and his head in the process as the hat falls off. Didn't hit him, but it sure came awful close to. I don't think it hit him at least. Nope. Well, home plate umpire was going out to check on and make sure he's all right. I still think he's got a little bit of thought of that 3-1 pitch in his mind. Still, I don't think it's too happy that that wasn't called strike three. Excuse me, 2-2, not 3-1 pitch. So Damel taking a moment here to get a little breather on the mound as that pitch was sent right back to where it started from as he looked to avoid it, and I think he all, all I think he did. All of him did avoid that ball as it was rocketed right back up the middle. 
Now it's to be center fielder and Carson Carpenter. So he's got a runner on. Nobody out here. Runner on first. That is Campbell. So Carpenter will dig in on the left-hand side of the plate. First pitch to him. A well-hit ball lifted into center field. Going back on it is Reether, and he will make a jump, and it's over the wall. Well, he made that interesting. I didn't tell if he was going to come down with it or over the wall, and it goes over the center field wall. So that 11-run lead is cut down to 9 at 12-3. to Yeah, Reether gave a good effort at it. He had a similar play the other night in Nevada when a ball was hit from a home run by uh, the right fielder who always destroys us. I can't think of his name. It's Pickering, I believe. Yep, And uh, Reether on the bus after the game said he, he thought he had it read and went up to make raise his arm to make the catch and slammed him to the wall. This time he had to look to have a little bit more timing on it because he stopped and then jumped, but I think this one had a little bit more carry. And since it's the center, that ball was probably close to 400 feet. Yeah, the ball. The uh, sign says 375, and it was well past that. So that first pitch uh, to Lot misses ball one. Couldn't. I mean, it was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be out of the park, or it was going to be right at the wall, caught by Reether, and just goes over the wall. 1-0 pitch. That one misses inside ball two. Well, I don't know how good of a uh, shot the center field cameraman got on that, but it'd be interesting to see from his point of view how far over the wall. Because from, from here, we're 400 feet away. It looks like he almost caught it, but that could have cleared Reether by 15 feet. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to judge from here for sure. That one is uh, upstairs and a bit outside as that hits the net and bounces back over Herschler's head. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes and gets his pitch right here. You know what would have been uh, would have been fun on that home run is if it would have been what uh, what about 20 feet to the left? It would have been right at yep. the center fielder at or the uh, center field camera out there. Yeah, I think I think coach here is just coming to settle down his pitch. This inning has completely changed after the 2-2 pitch did not go Damel's way, and ever since just hasn't had the same command. Let Carpenter groove a pitch or a home run, and now it just has been nowhere close in this at bat. Certainly, certainly has the stuff to calm down, but he's just got to calm down first. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, that's what head coach for the Renegades and Mike D'Amelia is saying is. You know, just just take a minute for yourself. Take a breath. Don't worry about the home run. Don't worry about the pitch that's, you know, the uh, the, the the call that might have been missed. Like, don't think about those things. Just focus on this batter right here. Focus on what we have to do and look at going forward. Well, this about that was about as adamant as I think I've seen him in a pitching visit. And I think it's because, too, I mean, you're still leading this game by nine runs. Just pound the strike zone and you're going to be all right. And I think that's exactly what he was, what he was telling Damo. So three balls, no strikes, the count as left fielder Lott. He had an RBI single his last time up, struck out before that. Right now he has a 3-0 count, has a nobody on the base path. There we go, that one in there for called strike one. So, again, head coach Mike D'Amelia going out to settle his pitcher down and calling Damel. That's exactly what he's done. So three balls, one strike count. Damel looks back in. Next pitch, that one's going to be fouled off. That goes off the chest of Herschler's. So that'll give him a minute to compose himself. But most importantly, we went from a 3-0 count now to a 3-2 count. Yeah, now needs just one more. You'd love to see Damel pound the zone with one more pitch. Even if it's a fastball and you groove one, make the batter lot beat you. And a 3-2 count, uh, just put one in the zone and see what happens. So payoff pitch from Damel on the way. That one just missed. And a walk has been issued. Yeah, another trip around the mound for Damo because that pitch was almost strike three called. And maybe it's earlier in the game, he maybe gets that call, but it's been a little bit more erratic with the command this inning. Doesn't get the 
doesn't get the backwards K. Well, this will be the right fielder and Tyler Davis stepping in as Davis is 0 for 2, has a strikeout, hit into a 6-3 put out earlier in the game. So he is 0 for 2. 12 to 3, Renegades lead. He'll show bunt. He'll miss the ball. Yeah, usually in that situation you see the batter pull back, but I think he just flat out missed it. I have Tyler Davis, but this is number two. I have Tyler Davis is number five. Matt Woodmancy. So apparently there's been a change here that we didn't know is that pitch is going to hit him. And that'll be Woodmancy trotting down to first base now into the ball game. So Woodmancy will be hit by a pitch. Yeah, not the not the way the Renegades were hoping this inning would go, especially after they just put five up on the scoreboard, leading by 11, and now the first four have all reached, and two of them have scored off of Damo, who looks to be laboring a little bit. I'm sure they're going to let him go as far as he can, but with head coach Mike D'Amelio trotting out towards that bullpen, I'm sure he's going to either start warming someone up or see how long someone has been warming up. So nobody out, two runners on. Now show bunt. Does Johnson? Everybody came crashing down, but that misses outside. Ball one. As Johnson will be heading the count, one ball, no strikes. Again, Renegades lead by a score of 12 to three. So they got to at least score another run at some point before the seventh inning to send us home early. Send us home a winner. He'll show bunt again. He'll take that back as that misses outside. Ball two. Yeah, I would guess the uh, outlaws know as well that they don't want to be run ruled. So I that I makes sense with the bunt here, even though you're trailing by nine. They're trying to score as many as they can to avoid uh, falling behind that 10-run deficit. So Damo will look at second. Now look back home. as 2-0 pitch. That's going to be a ball lifted into right field. Fuller's going to go back on it. Warning track. He'll make the glove. He's going to throw to second. And bullet throw there. The runner will tag and go to third. But it keeps. The batter and Johnson at, or sorry, he keeps the uh, runner at first, Woodmancy at first base. Yeah, that's a heads-up play by Fuller out in right field. I know from him, uh, not him specifically, but no, as an outfielder, you're wanting to try and gun down the runner always. But that was just hit way too deep to try and throw the runner out at third. So smart decision to throw to second because if Fuller Aylmer is a second baseman, Ott tries to throw it to third, Woodmancy would easily have moved up. And now you have first and third one out instead of second and third one out. So runners on the corner here with one out. As looking in is Damel. Runner on first base, runner on third base. First offering, top of the lineup will go as Bressler sees the first one inside, ball one. Love a ground ball here to potentially turn two, although Bressler looks to have pretty good speed. And I don't know how, how quickly it would have to be turned in order to double him up. So one ball, no strike count. Damel's next pitch, that one upstairs. That makes it ball two. Damon needs to find the strikes on here, especially loading up the bases. I don't know how much longer the Renegades would let him go if he loses another batter here, especially Bressler for the third time and the middle of the order coming up. So two balls, no strikes. Again, one out here. Nine-run lead. Runner's going to go to second. They'll throw down there. Looks like the throw was decent, but it did take a bounce. Ott was there to back it up. That ball just fell out at the last second. Thought it was going to bounce into the glove of Hopkins, which might have had a chance to tag out uh, Woodman C. However, it bounces over his head, but Ott backing him up, so he keeps that from going into center field. So now runners at second and third 
with one out here. That pitch was a strike, so two balls, one strike to count as Damo will look back in. He'll get the sign as it's laid down by Herschler. 2-1 offering on its way. That one catches the outside part of the plate. We go even two balls, two strikes. Good thing for Ott a moment ago, because if he's not in the right place at the right time, that ball is into center field, and this is a 12-4 ball game, and another runner at third base and with Mancy. And with the backup by Ott, you now give yourself a chance to strain both the runners if you could get a strike and then one more out. So two balls, two strikes count. Damel's next pitch, that one outside. So we'll go full, three balls, two strikes. I'm sure they're really trying to push Damel to get through six innings here on this one, but in order to do that, he's going to really have to come back and find the strike zone right here. I can't see a situation where they let him go too much longer if he loads the bases right here. So one out, 3-2 count. Runners at second and third, first is empty. And we have a time call just as Damel was getting ready to lift that leg up to come home. Damel looked at third for a long time, but that was a very late time call because it came in right as Damel was getting ready to pick up that front left leg. In fact, he did pick it up. So we'll do the uh, payoff pitch again. Three balls, two strikes. Damel again looks in at home. Payoff pitch on its way. There's a bouncing ball. Ott will glove at second. He'll throw to first in time to get out number two there. They do let the run score. No, you don't want to give up the run there if you're Damo, but that's exactly what you need. You just need it out number two here, and you'll very much take it in through six innings on four runs if Damo could get one last out. And especially there after bouncing back, no reason to not let him try and finish this inning. So the run does score. That does move Woodman C over to third base. Boy, I never knew how big Rowdy the Renegade's head was till he's standing right in front of you, Ben. Oh, yeah, no, I, I could have, I've been around it enough to know that's a big thing. So two outs, first pitch to Syracuse, misses ball one. Would love to see Damel just come back, attack Syracuse here, put pitches in the zone, make him beat you. If he gets a single, makes his 12-5, so what? But you're just looking for out number three here, and it clearly looks like Damel's near the end of his line. 1-0 pitch, that one misses ball two. By the way, just realize that I think Syracuse has decided that he is boycotting the pants because that doesn't even... That's a good call. Those don't really even make it halfway to the knee. Yeah, they're they're mid-thigh. Yeah. So he's got, yeah, he's got uh, the stirrups on to go from the ankle to the (laughs) mid-thigh. That's a good call right there. 2-2 offering. That one's going to be a bouncing ball as it'll be gloved at third by Deal. He'll throw to first. Gorlin will have it. They say out number three, so... There was minimal damage done as that goes as a 5-3 put out. Renegades still lead. They lead by 8 at a score of 12-4. We'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Hi, this is Nick Hoslog, owner of Hoslog Landscape and Design. Every day, my highly trained team of experts works hard to give you the outdoor living area you've been dreaming of. By focusing solely on landscaping and hardscape construction, this has made us the preferred landscape and design company serving Jefferson City and the Central Missouri area. Thank you for all your continued support in voting us as winners of the Reader's Choice Awards and Jefferson City's Best multiple years running. When you are ready to begin your dream outdoor project, call us at 573-301-9464 to schedule an estimate or visit hoslaglandscape.com. 
Hi, I'm retired Army Sergeant Trent Dirks, and I want to tell you about an organization that saved and changed my life forever. Retrieving Freedom provides highly trained service dogs to veterans with disabilities and children with autism absolutely free of charge, thanks to the generous donations and support from people just like you. Experts from Retrieving Freedom help throughout the entire process from fostering programs through service dog placement. Retrieving Freedom gave me the skilled service dog Tracer, who has been my best friend in my lifeline. To find out more about how you can get involved, volunteer, foster, or to donate, visit their website, retrievingfreedom.org. Retrieving Freedom, changing lives through the training and placement of service dogs for veterans with disabilities and children with autism. So we have another pitching change here for the Outlaws as they bring in the left-handed pitcher in Jordan Sheridan. He's had three appearances, no record. He's pitched a third of an inning and has a 54.00 ERA. That is about the highest ERA I think I've ever seen. I don't make this up. This is from the league website. No, he, yeah, that means he gave up like 900 hits in the inning. That that just means he only got one out in the entire time that he pitched. So this will be batters 8, 9, and 1. This is the third inning we've started with batters 8, 9, and 1. So for Sheridan. at his stats here yeah he is he is uh he has struggled on the mound to say the least i think that is accurate i hope it is because it automatically does the math as this will be hersler hopkins and reether do a first pitch swing and a miss for strike one well i did about all i used about all my brain power to do the math it's better than it looks He's only given up two runs, but since he's got just one out, that's why it equates to a 54 ERA. Because over a full inning, that's six, and a full nine games, that gets you 54. So that took about all my brain power for the day to figure out. But That's still not super great. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pitched better than what the number looks, but, yeah, three appearances, one-third of an inning, and two runs given up. So one ball, one strike. Next pitch on its way. That one's going to be just fouled off as Herschler just missed the pitch right there. I believe that there was a there's a Cardinals starting pitcher. It's in like the record books who made one appearance ever and got rocked, and he has an ERA career of like 81. I think he gave up like eight or nine runs and got one out. And maybe it, there, it might even be infinity. He might not have even gotten it out. It's a Cardinals <laughs> pitcher. Look it up if you have free time like I do. That one swung on and missed. That will be out. Number one. So Herschler is retired. Now this will be Taylor Hopkins as Hopkins steps in here. His team leads by a score of 12 to 4. Well, that'll drop the ERA. I think that cuts it in half, I think. It will drop quite rapidly with that. You are correct. First pitch, miss ball one. You know, that's the bad thing about some of these stats is when you only have two, three, four appearances, they can be a whole lot of different ways it can go, and it can be very misleading. 1-0 and count, pitch on the way. There's going to be a high-bouncing chopper that's going to get through into center field as Hopkins sends the chopper to center field. He'll be standing on first base. 
Well, I want to make another comment about your stats because, as you said with the misleading thing, that's when you like you look at Braden Boyer's batting average and it's 666, and then you look a little closer and it's, oh, he's only had three at-bats and he's two for three. Yeah, except he hasn't had any at-bats because he's a pitcher and not a batter, so it's really misleading because he's not had a single at-bat this season for the Renegades, but the stats do show that he's had he's had a couple, three appearances. So one out, runner on first base to the throwback. Hopkins back safely, no tag applied. So we go back to the uh, top of the lineup with center fielder Tommy Reether as he's had quite a productive day. He's got three hits, has two RBIs. He scored twice himself. He also has a stolen base. First pitch to him, bounces across home plate and gets by the catcher as the catcher didn't even bother to try to go think about getting that. They just will let the base runner and Hopkins take second base. Okay, maybe not. the way Reeder started walking, I thought that could have hit him in the foot, but it did not. And maybe with the command issues, we might be starting to see why he has not been so successful in limited pitching appearances. So one ball, no strike count. One out on the board, runner on second. Left-hander, he'll look over at the runner at second. That one upstairs. Tommy lays off of that. That's kind of an awkward look-in for Sheridan, as he looks back at second base, really has to crank that neck around as Hopkins takes a decent lead. They're not really holding him on over there. Did you say Sheridan is a position player too, or just uh, or just a pitcher? Because I, I think he's. Um, hmm. I feel like he has appeared in a game. Against I agree. The I kind of now that you say that, I kind of think that sounds familiar. That pitch upstairs, ball three. So now that makes it three balls and no strikes. So that would have been the one that I said was a wild pitch for Hop. Okay. Apparently there was a balk called. Yes, Sheridan appeared against the Jefferson City Renegades. Actually, that's not true. That one's upstairs, so 3-0. and It took me until now to realize that the recent results is the team results, not the player results. Because I've now saw three times that a player's appeared against the Renegades on the 17th. And I've now discovered that's because it's just the team results. So I hey, don't you know. figured it out, though. That's the important Yeah, it part. only took three pitchers coming to the game. That one's going to be a four-and-a-half pitch walk as that will put Tommy Reether at first base. So now it'll be Reether at, at first, Hopkins on second. This will be center fielder, sorry, left fielder, and Cole Wagner stepping in. I did figure out, though, um, you can look a little bit deeper into Sheridan's stats. Like I said, I can't, did do the math right, two runs in a third of an inning, but he's a pretty good hitter on the season. He's got 50 plate appearances, hitting 286 with an on-base at 480. So maybe that's why I haven't seen him on the mound so much because he's been raking in their lineup. So one out here as first pitch to Wagner is called strike one. So we're just past 930. Blake Gasway here with you. Joined by Ben Schmidt from the Doc and Nordbrecht broadcast booth here at Historic Ernie Vivian Field. Oh, one offering, that one called strike two. Both and those look to be in the same spot right there on the inside part of the plate. Well, Wagner's going to have to really shorten up his swing and protect the zone because it looks like that curveball is being called for a strike on the lower half. So Wagner's going to have to be prepared to go down and get it. 0-2 so pitch. That one's going to be sliced foul the other direction, so we'll still stay at 0-2. Again, two runners on, one out here as we play in the bottom of the sixth inning. Renegades lead by a score of 12-4. to four. They put up a two spot in the bottom of the first, nothing in the bottom of the second, a two spot in the bottom of the third, a three spot in the bottom of the fourth, a five spot in the bottom of the fifth, and 
They work here with one out and two runners on. Next pitch, that one swung on and missed for out number two as Wagner is retired. Now this will be third baseman Caden Deal. And as I talked about earlier, this is really when I get nervous because this is exactly when the Renegades have pushed most of their runs across when they've done most of their damage is with two outs on the scoreboard. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Deal and the rest of the Renegades are able to get to Sheridan here as he's now just completed one full inning of work on the mound over the course of the season. And I would love to see that ERA start ticking back up and the Renegades take on some more runs. The first pitch is in there called strike one to Caden Deal. So he will be down in the count of 0-1-1. He walked his last time up, then scored. He also was hit by a pitch on the previous inning, struck out, and then had a single in his first at-bat of the game. Looks like Sheridan has good command of the curveball. The last three have all been called strikes, so I guess the Renegades aren't seeing it well. Double steal going on as ball's going to get past the runners. Unfortunately, Hopkins dove to third. No, that was not needed, and that might have cost him a chance to think about coming home, but double steal in effect. Yeah, Renegades certainly seem to be playing for that 10-run lead. They lead by eight, so now a single would make it back up by 10. And it makes a lot of sense when you consider the state of the Renegades pitching staff and bullpen, but it's going to take a two-out hit here by Deal. And I'm telling you, it's not even the state of the bullpen. If you have a chance to run rule Joplin, you take it every time you can against the Outlaws. 1-1 pitch is on its way. That one upstairs and outside, and that makes it two balls, one strike. Sheridan having some trouble keeping the hat and glasses on. They've fallen off about half the time he's pitched. But now in a 2-1 count, just missing with the fastball, I think you have to be aware of that curveball if you're dealing right here, especially when they've dropped in into pretty hittable spots. If he can time it up, that's a pitch he can absolutely hammer here in a 2-1 count. Two balls, one strike count next pitch. That one missed inside, ball three. It was the curveball, but he missed with the spot. Pretty much the first bad one he's thrown all night. Sheridan becoming that guy now who's losing... His glasses, his hat, he's losing something every time he makes a pitch. Well, I think you just need to realize, obviously not something he's used to pitching, but the glasses just aren't going to stay on if you're a pitcher. There's too much movement for those things to not fall off. 3-1 pitch from Sheridan on its way. That one outside, so Deal is given a free pass, so he will walk on down to first base. Now also be designated hitter in Jack Matishak. You know, Jack has had a single, a double. He's had a sack fly for an RBI and a strikeout with a backwards K. But as I talked about, it's a good time to start heading towards that cycle. It'll be a good, real good time to hit a home run here. Absolutely. Drive in four runs, give the Renegades the first grand slam. It'll be tough. He's going to have to do it in a lefty-lefty matchup. But especially, I'm telling, if he sits back on a curveball, the way he's been locating right in the middle of the zone, Matashek could crush. Well, that pitch was... That was way out. Like the, he'd have had to had three bats taped together to swing at that one and make contact. That was so far outside. Curveball that started on the infield grass and ended at the dirt <laughs> in front of home plate. That uh, that pitch was just wide to the right. Three more of those, and it's 13 to four. Next pitch, that one downstairs in the dirt. So he will step back in here in just a second as he's ahead in the count. Two balls, no strikes. Hopkins will be on third base. At second base is Tommy Reether, and first base is Caden Deal. Both a couple of late additions to the squad here for the Renegades. Two balls, two uh, no strikes, two outs here, bases loaded. Next pitch, that one's going to be popped up. It'll get out of play. Glasses fall off the head again. Yeah, pitch was up with the fastball. Matashek looking to do damage with it, but he got underneath and was late. Understand the thought process there because if you can't get on top of that pitch, uh, the, the velo is high enough to where that will almost do the work for you. But Matashek just could not catch up, and now we'll see if Sheridan goes back to the curveball, and now he's back in the count at 2-1. and one. 
So two balls, one strike count. You know, I can go back to the dugout and get some uh, uh, get some athletic tape, and we can fix those glasses real quick. Like there's going to be a ball that's going to be ripped into the opposite field, but it's going to go foul, so that will even the count. Two balls and two strikes. Well, clearly Sheridan not used to pitching because he's a position player. But uh, in situations like this, maybe you got to go with the sports goggles or the contacts. He's a guy who wear, wears contacts because glasses just aren't going to work. Or, you know, we can get some uh, some tape and we'll just tape them onto him. That'll work too. So two balls and two strikes. Again, two outs here. Bases loaded as Matashak steps back in. Next pitch to him outside. So we go full. Three balls and two strikes. As bases loaded, two outs now. Carter Gorling in the on-deck circle. As Sheridan looking back in as he's got a jam here with bases loaded. Two outs. Matashak stepping back in. Payoff pitch is on its way. Matashak's going to hit it, and it's going to get down into center field, and it'll score two runs as couldn't tell if it was going to hop or not, but the center fielder did terrible at trying to field that as it bounces to him, and he could not have played that any worse because that was about two feet in front of him, and he just didn't get a read on it and let it bounce in front of him. If Carpenter is going full speed at that ball after off the bats, he probably catches that for out number three because it did hang up in the air. But essentially, once he had once he had not had a good, good read on the ball, he would have had to dive there to make that catch, and if he dives and misses, it goes past him, and everyone probably scores. But, yeah, not a great play on that ball. So now it'll be two outs. Well, that's why I'm the broadcaster, Ashley, and I can say what I want. Yeah, it might be harsh, but he played it terrible. We'll take it because two runs came in to score, and especially with it being a 3-2 count, everyone was able to get a head start. So Reether easily, excuse me, that's not Reether. That was Deal who scored the second run. Well, first pitch misses, ball one. This next one, that one in there, four called. Strike one, so it'll even at one and one. Have Reether and Deal both been wearing the green batting helmet? I think they have, and I feel like that's part of what's and they're batting so close in the lineup. Yeah, Hopkins scores on that. So does Reether. That one's going to be a ball that's a bouncing ball hit to the second baseman. He'll step on second. That is Syracuse for out number three as it goes as a four unassisted. So seven batters came through the frame. And two runs are put up. The Renegades lead it back at 10 at 14-4. to four. So we'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. River Oak Christian Academy has been providing a strong biblical foundation and academic excellence within a Christian environment to students for more than 16 years. Located in the Jefferson City, River Oak Christian Academy offers kinder prep through 7th grade with 8th grade to be added in the 2023-2024 school year. River Oak Christian Academy's primary goal is the discipleship of the next generation to impact the world for Christ. Average class sizes are just 16 students with a student body composed of families from over 30 area churches. Kinder prep offerings include 3 and 5 full day sessions with kindergarten offering a half day and full day program. To find out more about River Oak Christian Academy, Academy, at 573-634-3983. Creating custom, handcrafted woodworking projects has never been easier. Become a member of Sawdust Studios and enjoy 24-7 access to a woodworker's paradise. Outfit with industry-leading professional-grade tools, Sawdust Studios offers endless woodworking possibilities. Don't have woodworking experience? No problem, as Sawdust Studios offers affordable classes from a community of woodworkers, experienced designers, and master craftsmen. Youth classes are also offered for those junior woodworkers. For more information, search Sawdust Studios on Facebook or find them online at sawdust247.com. Sawdust Studios, your community woodshop.
Well, the Renegades pushing two more runs across. They extend that lead back to 10 as they lead by a score of 14 to four here. They've got 14 runs on 14 hits. They've left eight on the base path as we go here to the seventh inning of work as uh, we could be in for a short night here. I don't think anybody would complain about that as this will be batters three, four, and five come up. This will be Jacob Machuca, then Max Bruff and Matt Campbell will be the three that are due up as Joplin could be down to their last three outs here really quick like. So it's 14 to four, Renegades lead as uh, I forgot to tell you, new pitcher in the ball game. This is Tanner Schmitz. I like the decision here to go with Schmitz. Your closer, you're looking to end this thing right now. And especially Schmitz, who's had a rocky last couple outings. No better spot to come in with a 10 run lead. I, I it's, It may sound weird to use your closer in a spot like this, but you're essentially trying to nail this game down right here. And I like the decision. Well, and most importantly, too, is trying to give some confident back, confidence back to your uh, to your starter. As you said, he's had a few rough innings, so this would uh, hopefully give him back some uh, positive vibes as that one called strike one. Well, especially, too, if you're able to get these three outs, clinch a win, and put yourself pretty much in the driver's seat for the playoffs, you may not have to use Schmitz again until that game on Monday. So I think to give him a little bit of work here in a pretty meaningless situation, I like the idea. That pitch, that one missed low. Ball number two as final at uh, St. Joseph, 11 to nothing. That uh, was a run rule game. They beat the Mudcats, held them scoreless. Bottom of the sixth inning, Nevada still beating Carroll at Nevada, 8-3. to I don't think that's right, though, because it feels like it was the sixth inning like 45 minutes ago. Oh, so. uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. That seems like that's been stuck there awful lot. So three balls and one strike. Again for... Tanner Schmitz, he's six foot, 150-pound freshman. He's a right-handed pitcher. 3-1 offering, that one outside, so leadoff walk issued. And part of the issue with Schmitz these last couple days, hasn't had great command, had some walk issues against Nevada a couple nights ago, and then you you were there. Was it in Sedalia or Joplin that he pitched? Also didn't have great command, so you'd like to see him start finding the strike zone again. Schmitz, a freshman at Mineral Area Community College. He's from right here in Jefferson City, so he... Has the leadoff runner on by way of a walk. Just checked the Merchants' Twitter. They have tied it at eight heading to the ninth inning. Well, that would be a big help right there. Like we said, we want to just worry about ourselves as that one upstairs, ball one. We can only control what we can control, and most importantly, Renegades have to win. So far, they're leading 14-4. to four. It would help if the Carroll Merchants would beat Nevada. That would help out the cause, too. But most importantly, we got to handle the job first. That one misses upstairs and outside ball two. So, again, lead the uh, count in favor of the batter. This is Bruff. He's ahead 2-0. and He just to start throwing strikes here in this situation. So, two balls and no strikes. Next pitch, that one down central called strike one. Good location there, middle of the zone and just above the knees. Bruff taken there in a 2-0 count like that pitch. And now I would think about putting another fastball in there and make Bruff beat you. So Schmitz will bend over at the waist. Now he'll peek over that shoulder at first base. 2-1 delivery. That one inside as it'll make it 3-1. and one. And on first base is Machuca. He walked. So he's standing there again. We play in the top of the seventh inning. It's 14-4. Renegades over the 
Outlaws. I think that's Sheridan who just walked by a pitcher for the Allies just hanging out here in the concourse. I think he's, I don't know if he's 16 or 26. I might have wrote it down wrong. I wrote down 16, but that could be wrong. There's going to be a ball hit to left field. Going back on it, he's not going to make it as Wagner will have to play it off the fence. He'll throw in. It's cut off at third. So a double will put Bruff at, or, yeah, Bruff at second base as he rips that into the left field fence. Yeah, not hit as hard as the one four had earlier, but Bruff jumped all over that pitch, sent it to the left field wall and a hop. No chance for Wagner to run it down, and obviously not the start you were hoping for Schmitz. This is why you put him in this ballgame, though, because you'd much rather have him work through these things in this situation than a potential one-run game in the ninth inning on, on Monday night if you can get to that spot. So the visit completed at the mound as Herschler goes out there and talks to Schmidt, to Schmitz, rather. I want to say Schmidt's still having a very good season. His ERA coming in today, I believe, was just a tick over two. But when you consider how good he was until about a week ago, it was barely over one. So two on, nobody out. Those runners on second and third. That pitch is going to be fouled off as Campbell will be down in the count at 0-1. You know, Schmitz has the stuff to get out of a jam like this, but he's going to really have to start locating, uh, walk the first battery face, and then fell behind a Bruff. That's part of the reason why Bruff got such a good pitch to hit. I think he just wants to make it interesting here. I mean, this would be something if he were to work out of this without giving up a run. It would take some weak, weak contact, a couple strikeouts. Schmitz can do it, but it's not easy. No balls and one strike. Next pitch on its way. That one's going to be a bouncing ball as Hopkins will glove at second. He'll throw, or short rather, he'll throw to first for the out, but the run scores. Take out number one there. Obviously, Renegades in that situation aren't playing the infield in to try and stop the run. Infield was back, so only one play to Hopkins, and that was over to first base. And you'll take out number one, and now it's nine nine run game. So that will be out number one. The run does score, so it now makes it a 14 to 5 game. So the Renegades still have a nine run cushion, but the will have to at least play the bottom half of the seventh and the top of the eighth inning before we could have a run-ruled game as Schmidt will step, Schmitz rather, will step off the mound. I keep forgetting there's a uh, another letter at the very end of that. So so one out here, runners on the, uh, runner on third rather, there's a runner on the corner. That pitch just missed ball one as Carpenter will be ahead in the count. One ball, no strike. He had that two-run home run in his last at-bat that he sent a monster home run over the center field fence. One ball, no strike count. Again, one out. Next pitch, that one downstairs and outside. That makes a ball two, so it's now 2-0. and oh. Pretty good info I just got with perfect timing, too, with Carpenter up. Well, Ashley gave it to me. As Carson Carpenter, we talked earlier about him having a conversation with Groing over at first base. 2-0 pitch, that one downstairs in the dirt. So you and I were wondering why they were having a chat, and the reason is is Carson's a 2020 graduate from Magnolia West, which is about a high school 15 miles from where Carter Goring graduated. And Carter and Carson played select baseball against each other beginning when Carson was 9 and Carter was 8. So those two know each other from playing, and Carter Goring's father had just passed that info along to Ashley, and pretty good to share here on the broadcast. That pitch just got in the strike zone. Boy, that's the like most delayed call that I'll take it. It's a called strike, but a long time there. So now all we need is that little graphic that has the uh, shooting star, the rainbow thing that says, the more you know. Yes. That's all we need right there. Well, who so. would have thought two Colorado residents would be playing against each other in Jefferson City, Missouri? 
So 3-1 offering, that one downstairs in the dirt. So Carpenter issued a one-out walk here. So runners on the corners now as this is Cade Lott, the left fielder, stepping in. See head coach Mike D'Amelio walking down to towards the uh, bullpen. So he's going to get somebody stirring down there. Kind of puts an interesting uh, predicament here on, you know, do you just try to ride out? The, uh, the lead here, I'll get to that thought here in just a second. So Cade Lott stepping in, first pitch to him, upstairs ball one. So do you think about having to pull another arm out of your bullpen who is, who is, uh, it, it is quite depleted? Or do you think about leaving Schmitz out there and just relying on your offense who's put up 14 runs on 14 hits and trying to uh, keep just keep adding runs where you can? That one fouled off, so it'll be one and one. And, uh, you know, either try to try to burn another arm and run rule it. It's an interesting question because I think it depends on what, what Schmitz does right here. If you get another out and potentially weak contact to leave that runner stranded at third base, then I think you go Schmitz to get the final out. But if it's more contact here and everyone advances and a run scores, I think you go and get him. No reason to keep leaving him in. Well, that pitch, that's going to miss. That makes it two balls, one strike. When Schmitz is on, that's a pitch that, that hitters will chase because it starts in the zone and bends out, but with Schmitz being so around the zone, inside and outside of it, uh, hitters are, are ahead in the count and not looking to chase at a pitch like that. If it's 0-2, that's probably a swing. That one is going to be inside, so that will make it three balls and one strike. And runners on the corners here. If he walks him here to load the base, I think you probably go and get him. I know you don't love to pull your closer out of the game in a spot like this and leave him rattled, but it just doesn't seem smart to have him keep going. Next pitch, that one's going to be a well-hit ball as Fuller's going to come in on it just a little bit. He'll camp under it, make the grab. He's going to throw home. They have a chance here to get it. Throws there, and slide is just under the tag. So the run will score. Again, trying to uh, get it on the relay and just... Was about a half second too late. Yeah, ball hit just a little bit too deep. Fuller put a pretty good throw on it, then going on the relay. But Bruff, who's not the fastest runner on the team, one of the catchers, uh, able to just beat it. And I like what Herschel did after not being able to put down the tag. Threw the ball over to third and had deal step on it just in case we left too early. That's a call that's hurt the Renegades already twice this season. And you would just, no reason not to try in that situation. So now this will be Matt Woodmancy stepping in. He's a left-handed batter. He subbed in a few innings ago. First pitch to him. That one's going to be ripped foul down the over the third base dugout. So he will be down in the count at 0-1. His inning completely changed when Bruff was ahead in a 2-1 count and basically got a pitch right down the heart of the plate and absolutely ripped it ripped it to left field. If it's maybe a different count in that bat, we see Schmitz potentially retire Bruff, and then it's just a runner on first and one out. But instead, when that pitch was hit, he ended up at second and third, nobody out. So two outs here as Woodman C will step back in. That pitch, that one's going to hit off Herschler and time called as... Actually got say, the back yeah. foot of Woodmancy. I think it landed directly on top of his left foot, the back one for the left-handed batter. I thought it hit off Hersler, but it actually hits off Woodmancy, so he will be on first base. Going down to second base will be Carpenter. So we will now see the uh, nine-hole hitter. This is Carson Johnson, the third baseman, stepping in. So he's played a decent job on third base tonight. Coach Jamelia once again was out in front of the dugout heading down towards the bullpen to check on whoever's out there if this inning were to continue if Schmitz can't retire Johnson right here. That needs to be our new uh, our new mystery game is who's warming up in the bullpen from here because we can't see. So first pitch is outside ball one. 
And who is your best guesstimate of who's warming up down there? My best. Give me, give me a pitch to think about it. I gotta think about it too. But one ball, no strike count. So Schmitz looks back in, has two runners on, two outs. Don't tell us though, because we gotta get, we got a competition. That one misses ball two. There's been so many pitchers coming and going. I'm just trying to think who's even on the roster right, right now before I make because, like, I was about to say Colin Trees, and then I was like, oh, wait, Colin's not even here today. So I, I think it's going to be. See, I don't know. I'm trying to formulate the best guess I can. So 2-0 pitch. That one's going to be a slow roller. It'll be taken by deal at third. He'll glove throw to first. Gorling digs it out for out number three. So Johnson is retired, goes as a 5-3 put out. Before we go to break, I'm going to guess that that was Nolf down there. We'll see. But that I'm, was who I was going to guess. Oh, uh, well, you should have spoke sooner. That's but I agree. I, that was my guess. Okay, we'll, we'll see. That was my guess. We'll see when we come back. <laughs> we'll see if we're both right. We'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. We are State Tech. We are hands-on education. When you choose the number one two-year college in the country, you know you will be ready for your career. That's why at State Tech, we say, from the classroom to your career, we are the employer's choice. We are State Tech. As we play here in the bottom of the seventh inning, as I said, Stillman, you said Stillman warming up, but he's part of the team that won the state championship for the Southern Boone County Eagles. This will be batter 6, 7, and 8. This is Luke Fuller stepping in. Like I said, if Renegades can push two across here in the spot on the seventh, we won't have to even see him. So Fuller will step in. He is making a case to be the uh, Show Me Sports Network player of the game. It's a 14-6 lead in favor of the Renegades. That pitch Miss ball one. Interesting delivery by Stiebel, correct? Stiebel? Uh, Thiebolt. Thiebolt. When he delivered, he completely fell off like he was completely bent over down to his right side. It was interesting delivery. 1-0 offering. That one's going to be swung on and missed. Okay, it was much more normal on the second pitch. So not something he does every time, but he was almost bent over to where he had his hands on the ground after the ball one to four, but much more controlled in pitch number two and gets a swing and a miss. Remember him from the other night at Joplin, but... Trying to see if he's a position player, too. That pitch is going to bounce across home plate. I'll well, make it two balls, one strike. Batting average against him is 364, so hitters have had success, and hopefully Flora can start some success for the Renegades. Yep, he pitched on June 12th. It's not the night you were thinking of, but... That one inside, ball three. Although it says zero innings pitch, so who knows? Yep. Two-thirds of an inning on the 17th. I do remember that name. So 3-1 pitch is on its way. There's going to be a ball lifted a mile in the air. The shortstop and third baseman both converging. Shortstop calls off the third baseman, says, I got it. He does. We're out. Number one. This would be the inning that the Renegades don't score a run for the first time since the second. They have been doing some work, and, yep, this, this would be the case. So now this will be Colby Ott stepping in. 
They're still very, very much inning is still alive. Only one out, but. So Thibault will look back in. He's facing out now. First delivery. That one way outside. Ball one. As Herschler in the on-deck circle. Renegades have been doing so much of their damage with two outs. We just need to get two outs, and then they'll, they'll come alive because that's how it's been pretty much every inning. In the last three innings, minus this one. I'll finish that thought after the pitch. 1-0 offering is on its way. That one's a ground ball that's going to be gloved by the third baseman. He'll double clutch, throw to first in time for out number two. Now stepping in, this will be Joe Herschler. In the last three innings, so minus this inning, there has been a total of 25 batters in three innings for the Renegades. And 10 of them have scored, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good work right there. Yeah, 25 batters, 10 have scored. That's yeah, that's, that's good work. That's a decent night at the yard. I've seen I've seen better. So first pitch to Herschler. That one inside and it clipped him on the elbow on the way by. So he is going to jog on down to first base. Two outs, something something Absolutely. different when there's two outs. Yep, most of the damage has come with two outs on the scoreboard for the Renegades. As this will be Taylor Hopkins. I'm not complaining about it, but that seems to be their magic formula right now. As uh, with two outs, they start to get things rolling. They start to get things underway. As Taylor Hopkins, he had an, he had a single his last time up, scored later on in the inning. First pitch to him, bounces across home plate as the ball is going to get by the catcher. So Herschler is going to get second base on a wild pitch. So in the uh, first inning, there were two outs when both runs were scored. No runs in the second inning. In the third inning, there were two outs when both runs were scored. In the fourth inning, there was two outs when three runs were scored. Was that the Luke Fuller RBI double inning, or was that the fifth? That was the fifth inning. Okay. Sorry, I I told you wrong on the fourth inning because it was so much written on here. They scored one run after two outs, one of their three runs. In the fifth inning, they scored... Three runs after two outs. That was the four bases clear. That was. Last inning, they scored two runs after two outs. So 12 out of 14 are with two outs. So 14 to 6 lead here for the Renegades. Thiebel has a long look in. That pitch downstairs in the dirt. Ball two. I appreciate him taking time to let me walk through that, explain that, because there was nothing going on while he was... While I was talking about that. So, yeah, 12 of their 14 runs have come with two outs in the inning. Hopkins started to take the bat off the shoulder, then was able to hold up. Good take there on a pitch, clearly out of the zone. 2-0 pitch by Thiebolt. That one downstairs. That's ball three. And for Hopkins, he represents the walk-off run right here. So he bats two outs on the board here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Herschler's on second base. Three balls, no strikes to count. As Thebolt on the mound. Giving him the green light here. Why not? Looked like he was that, taken all the way. That one was pretty <laughs> much right down the middle. That's why I'm over here and not on that side of the netting. So three balls, one strike. Again, two outs. Still not a bad uh, take right there. You're ahead 3-0. and oh. You're going to make the pitcher work towards you. So Thebolt will look at second. Now he'll look back home. Now back at second. Not holding on Herschler. 3-1 offering. That one downstairs. And a uh, five-pitch walk is issued to Hopkins. So he will walk on down to first base. Now it's Tommy Reether, who this is 
He is sixth at bat of the game. One, two, three. Yeah, he's got six at bats. So this is number six here. He's had a single, popped out to left field, had a single to left field, had a two RBI single to left field, left field, and walked his last time up. So he has had six plate appearances here. This is number six. Two on, two out. Would be pretty good, see, but you think we maybe see a double steal here? Why not? Wouldn't put it past him. Well, not right now as Thebolt steps off, so we were both wrong on that opportunity. I think maybe if the runners are reversed, you maybe see it if Hopkins is the lead runner because the throw would most likely go to third. And not to discredit Joe, but he's not the fastest runner on the Renegades roster. First pitch, that one's going to be fouled back, so Reether was just behind that pitch. In the on-deck circle is Cole Wagner. So Reether will step back in. And he's got the uh, full ventilation on the uniform going on. He's got several buttons undone to get a little fresh air in there. Well, it was a hot night at first pitch, and he was the first batter of the game, so I can't blame him. Oh, an offering from Thebold on its way. That one bounces across home plate. It was inside. So that'll make it one ball, one strike. Again, Hersler on second base. Hopkins on first base. As... Hershler took a secondary lead there. Like, I thought he may try and go to third, and I think that was a good call to not because he most likely would have been a dead duck. Got somebody listening, a couple listeners down in the Bahamas, so glad you're tuned in. Somebody in Hawaii listening. That one is taken for ball two. I think the weather is, I don't know if the weather is much better in the Bahamas or over in Honolulu, Hawaii, but... I'd like to think it's better than it is here in Missouri. Is, is it Adonis on vacation? <laughs> I don't know who our listeners are in either place, but if it's if it's Adonis, let us know. That pitch just missed outside ball three. That one looked better than I think it actually yeah, was because it, right. it, it looked to catch the outside corner, but it did at the very back part of the plate. It didn't start on the outside corner. It had so much lateral movement that when it crossed the across the front of home plate. I think that ball was outside, so a good call there by the umpire. So three balls and one strike. Two on, next pitch. That one misses inside, so Tommy will be given a two-out walk, and guess what? The bases are loaded. Oh, with two outs. Two outs, bases loaded. Cole Wagner, the left fielder, is stepping in. He is having an 0 for night. And you know what that means? That's a good time to get out of the Ofer hole. He's due, and it looks like the second baseman, uh, that Syracuse, is going to shade him up the middle, which would mean that there would be a whole lot of room to work with on the right side. Oh, you know what? I think it is. It is the forte because I just got a tweet that said yes. So we're getting some international listeners on vacation. So there's going to be a well-hit ball, but the park is going to hold it as the center fielder going to his right. It'd be a shame if he dropped it. He did not. He will make the catch for out number three. So the bases were stranded loaded. We will go to the eighth inning to work as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Hello, Blake Gasaway here with the Show Me Sports Network. I've had the opportunity to have some amazing calls, including overtime touchdowns, walk-off home runs, and buzzer-beating baskets. But I've answered another call. That's to serve my community as a volunteer firefighter. Stop and think what would happen if your home or property caught fire and no one was there to put it out. Every day, volunteer firefighters not only save lives and property, but also respond to other emergencies. Nearly two-thirds of our nation's fire departments are manned by volunteer firefighters. And because of this, we simply need 
need more volunteers to step up and answer the call. Stop by or contact your local fire department and see how you can become a volunteer firefighter today. I answered the call to serve my community. Will you? Well, we have a new pitcher on the mound here for the Renegades. So let me finish my uh, line here and I'll flip the page as this is Grayson Ironman steps in. While you do that, do want to say that the Nevada Griffins just walked off the Merchants 9-8 final score in 10 innings. So at the moment, the Renegades hold just a game and a half lead with tonight's contest and then two games left after. But good news is, unless the Renegades plan on blowing an eight-run lead with six outs to play, they will go back up by two games with two to play, hopefully here in just a few minutes. So Grayson Ironman. You think they're doing scoreboard watching in Nevada? You think they're paying attention to this one? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But, again, I think they had the same ideas. They control their own destiny. So, just like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, for the Renegades, they just need to handle their business and win and not worry about saying, well, we got to have this team lose, this team win, this team draw, this team forfeit, this team become a dysfunct team in the, in the Mink League. Like, you just control what you can control, do your job, and the rest will take care of it. So, Ironman comes in here. A 6'2", 215-pound sophomore. He is a right-handed pitcher. He is from Columbia, so he is in to do work now. No, we don't believe you, Ashley. You know what? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, so I'm just kidding you. Grayson Ironman has six appearances. He started one game, has no record. Pitch nine in a third innings, has a 13 and a half ERA, 10 strikeouts. You know, Ben, if we didn't give Ashley a hard time, our broadcast would be no fun. Absolutely. I'll let you do it, though. So Ironman here on the mound as he will see batters one, two, and three. That will be due up. So we play in the top of the eighth inning. It'll be Bressler, Saracusa, and Machuca. So we always enjoy the opportunity to for uh, our listeners to send us a message or send us a tweet. We always appreciate them tuning in, and we always like to know where you're tuning in at. Hopefully you're enjoying the broadcast. So Adonis's uh, pop sent me a tweet that said that was them listening uh, maybe in the Bahamas, and I think the starting pitcher for Joplin, that's his family in Hawaii. I need to say hi, Kelly. So I think that's the starting pitcher's mom, maybe. First pitch from Ironman is strike one. I would have given him the mic to say hi. I don't. I don't think that's against broadcast rules. Can I mean, that that's on Ashley for not yeah. bringing him up here. So <laughs> he's not pitching now. So what's he busy doing? Joplin dugout looks <laughs> over and their starting pitchers on the opposing team's broadcast. <laughs> what a reaction! There's what nothing reaction wrong with that. that. Yeah, no, I would have gladly given up my mic. So. One ball, one strike count. As Ironman will look back in the right-handed pitcher. He looks back in. Oh, the Fortes are listening in D.C., so that's also better than Missouri weather right now. So so they are hanging out down there, so we're glad they're tuned in. They're not in the Bahamas. I couldn't tell you. So our listener in the Bahamas, if you would let us know, we'd appreciate it. 2-1 offering on its way. That one's going to be fouled back. So we'll leave it at two balls, two strikes. 
Well, the odds say the Ironman's likely to strike out at least one batter in this inning, and maybe now in a 2-2 count, Bressler will be the one. Seeing a lot more strikes now than he was earlier in the game when he was walked his first two plate appearances on, I think it was nine or ten pitches, he only saw two strikes, so. Well, the Renegades lead by a score of 14-6 to six right now. We play in the top of the eighth inning. Is, is like, D.C. known for anything? The... I mean, like, well, like, well, yeah. okay, that was a dumb question. I was, I was meaning, like, I thought we... I was going to say it, then I thought you were doing it on purpose. So no, I, I was, it... I was going to say, like, do we need to ask? Uh, do we need to ask? Uh, oh, there's a strike three called. So backwards K recorded. As I was going to ask if we need to, we need to have Adonis like bring us back something, like. Yeah, that'd be okay. Or I don't know. They like are they known for some food or something? Yeah. Oh, they're at a oh they're at a family reunion. That that is okay too. So, you know, if you could get like a like a memento for us, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't really bring us anything back. <laughs> yeah, if you could bring back some dessert, that'd be great. So first pitch here to uh, Syracuse is ball one. I was gonna say if anyone is listening to, that is a fan of Ironman, they're probably upset because we were just talking about DC Sorry, the whole hey, first. We got sidetracked. Yeah, Ironman yeah. struck out the first batter. He's seen that's Bressler with the backwards K. Next pitch, that one bounces across home plate, so we'll go 2-0 in favor of Syracuse. We'll say DC is great for sightseeing, but I don't really know anything that you can bring back unless you're planning on fitting the Washington Monument in your carry-on. That, that'd be okay. What about uh, like the like the na- the um, National Treasure, you know, yes. bring, back, bring back something? Yeah. That'd be a good one, not at the museum. Yeah, that'd be good, too. Clearly, we get out of Jeff City quite regular here. So two balls and no strikes. Ironman has one out on the board. That pitch, that one in there called strike one. Good pounce back pitch there from Ironman. Came with the fastball and abbed the inside corner, and Syracuse pretty much looking like he was taking all the way and is now in a 2-1 count. So two balls, one strike count. Again, one out. Renegades lead by a score of 14-6. to six. Next pitch is on its way. That one's going to be a bit upstairs, so we'll go three balls and one strike. Man, I just realized when you turn this slide all the way up, you can pretty much hear every individual cricket on this mic. Absolutely. So 3-1 count as Ironman will look in and get the sign from Herschler. Again, we're playing in the top of the eighth inning here. Renegades have an eight-run lead at the moment. Next pitch. That one a bit outside, so a walk issued to Syracuse. Well, hopefully Ironman here to the next batter can just refine the strike zone. Uh, no reason to try and work around anyone. You're up by eight runs in the top of the eighth inning. You've already got one out as well, so now you hopefully attack the zone and maybe get him to roll over and hit one on the ground. So this is Machuca stepping in, Jacob Machuca. He's the uh, designated hitter. He walked his last time up, then is 0 for 3 otherwise. Fly out to center field, a strikeout, and a fly out to center field. Ironman will look back in. He'll check the runner first quickly. Now first pitch, missed ball one. Well, based on that pattern, he's due for a strikeout here. I think that's what I heard based on fly out, strikeout, fly out, something along the lines. So I'm just hoping for an out here and get Ironman back on track after the walk to Syracuse. Could be a uh, you know good time to call up a double play as well. So one ball, no strike count. Next delivery from Ironman. That one downstairs, maybe a hair inside. That'll be ball two. I just need to know a Syracuse's pants. Did he cut them or they rolled under there? Like, how do you, how do you, I know you, I know the players that wear the short pants that are just about the knee height and you wear the high socks, but that's, 
I'm, I've would love to, to hear how he acquired those and they, what is they the do, reason. They do look like they're down just a hair right now. Maybe they're they're not as high as they were earlier. So that pitch is upstairs and outside. Ball three. So now Ironman threatening to get back-to-back walks here. That's three balls, no strikes. Again, one out here on the board as we play in the top of the eighth inning. Ironman trying to find the remaining two outs of the inning, and that would put him down to three remaining for the outlaws in the game. Next pitch on its way. That one outside, so a four-pick walk issued to Machuca. So now back-to-back walk walks issued. Yeah, this is it. Just you'd love to see Ironman attack the zone. I mean, you're you're up by eight runs. It's not like he's coming in in a one-run game and has to be perfect. I mean, last thing you want to do is give any sign of life walk another batter on the grand slam and all of a sudden it's a four-run game and the Joplin allies are very much alive just attack the strike zone here you've got the stuff to do it saw it to the first batter against Bressler but uh it just hasn't been able to do it the last two at bats trying to be too perfect with every pitch so next uh, first pitch that one gets by Herschler and it'll go to the net as this is Max Bruff the catcher he'll be hitting the count at one and oh thought maybe we might see him try to bunt but uh, no need for that Mike D'Amelio, head coach of the Renegades, looking out towards the left field line. I mean, I I don't know how much longer you can really let this go on the way the command has gone this inning, Um, especially just trying to not use a whole lot of arms, but you need your pitcher to go in there and throw strikes. So we just heard back. I got another tweet from uh, Donis' pops. He said they had dinner at a Thai restaurant, and that was in Herndon, Virginia. And the food was great and says, tell Ashley hi. It does too right there. Tell Ashley the Fortes say hi. So one ball, one strike count. That one's going to be a little blue pit off the end of the bat. Coming over is Ott. He'll make the grab for out number two. So that was not a well-hit ball. Just just clicked it on the end of the bat, but out number two. Exactly what Ironman needed right there with two in scoring position and only one out. Now you give yourself a chance to get out of this inning scoreless so you can make one or two more pitches. So this will be first baseman Matt Campbell stepping in. He had a sack RBI fly earlier, or his last at bat. So he will step in with runners on second and third. Not that tall. Next pitch is upstairs outside ball one. So Campbell... We'll step back in. He's ahead in the count at one ball and no strike. It's quiet enough here at the ballpark that they can probably hear everyone asking what height Campbell is. He probably knows we're talking about it right now. Hey, you missed the pitch. 1-0. The next pitch, that one misses. Ball two. You know what, though? I know they can hear us when we do our Hey Baby dance because that has progressively got more and more players participating, which is great. So they like to run out on the field and Help us out with the dance. As looking back in is Ironman. 2-0 pitch on its way. That one in there called strike one. So that takes the count. Two balls and one strike. As we play here, it's been a late night here at the ballpark. As it's 17 minutes after 10 o'clock. Our game didn't get started that late. We got a little bit late started. But, of course, when you have 27 batters, sorry, 25 batters go through in three innings, it takes a while. That ball's going to be hit out of play. Yeah, and 20 runs scored through the first seven innings. Gives you uh, not, not to be expected. Usually when you have that many runs scored, you're ending after seven innings. But, uh, yeah, that's part of the reason why, why things, especially in the middle innings. Through the first three, it was 4 nothing, and it's still been moving quickly. But as of late, 
it's been long innings. Even when there hasn't been as much run scored, it feels like we're leaving runners stranded. So twos are wild here. It's two balls, two strikes, two outs. So we play top of the eighth. Ironman's next pitch. That one bounces across home plate. Herser keeps it in front of him. Hopefully Ironman can come back here and get a strike in a 3-2 count. Do have first base open, but end it right here and keep the outlaws from... I mean, you're, you're down eight runs by now, but if you load the bases and have an extra base hit, I mean, it's four or five runs to score an inning is not a whole lot to ask for for potentially the outlaws in the ninth. Yeah, they are, they are deadly. That is for sure. So we can get them retired here. That's what we're looking for. So payoff pitch for Meyerman is on its way here in a second. Now it's on its way. There's going to be a bouncing ball ripped foul. We're going to do it again. I think Maltby was the one that was able to grab that ball, protecting a couple of his teammates. He can take that to the concession stand and buy a soft drink, courtesy of his own wallet. Which ballpark, oh, the concession does, which, which ballpark is the, the soft drink? Pretty, well, Nevada does it, but pretty yeah. much anywhere. But here doesn't. So I guess he's going to yeah. have to break in and take one since it's closed. Ironman's payoff pitch on its way. That one called strike three, and the inning is over. Backwards, K recorded to Campbell, and Ironman leaves two stranded on the base path. Does not give up any runs in the process. We will go to the bottom of the eighth inning. It's still a 14-6 ball game in favor of the Renegades. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Serving the capital city and the surrounding area for 70 years, Animal Medical Center strives to provide the best possible medical service for your pet in a caring atmosphere. To promote quality healing and preventative care in a fear-free environment, Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is a full-service veterinary hospital. Whether your pet has fur, feathers, or scales, Dr. Greg Boyer and Dr. Kayla Terry have the experience and expertise to treat complex medical conditions as well as providing annual well checks and vaccinations. Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is the only veterinary hospital in the capital city accredited by the American Animal Hospital Association. To schedule an appointment, call the team at Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City at 573-636-4626. Running out of some of your favorite Avon products and haven't seen an Avon brochure in quite some time? No need to worry. Avon Independent Sales Representative Michelle Cartier can help with your skin so soft, makeup, jewelry, fragrance, and skin care needs. Avon now carries cleaning supplies, clothing, daily essentials, and several small LG electronic items. You now have the opportunity to shop online 24-7 and have your order shipped directly to your front door by shopping with Michelle at mcartee.avonrepresentative.com or find her on Facebook by searching Avon Cartee. Well, the Renegades looking for two runs here, and we would get to call it an early night, but it's really a late night, so it would be a chance for us to end the game early as this will be batters three, four, and five come to plate. This is Deal, Matishak, and Gorling. I'll be the three due up. It's a 14-6 lead in favor of the Renegades, so if they could find a way to push two more runs across here, that would end the game early by the run rules. We play here in the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth, as this is Thebolt on the mound. He'll step off. As we said, Deal, Matishak, and Gorling are the three that are due up here. As first pitch is going to be on its way. That one is way upstairs and outside, ball one. 
as Deal will be ahead in the count at 1-0. He took a walk his last at-bat, had a walk the previous at-bat. The one before that was a hit-by-pitch, a strikeout, and started the game off with a single, later scored. Uh, I scored a couple times, actually, here across the base path. 1-0 pitch is on its way. That one upstairs, that makes it two balls and no strikes, so he will be heading the count at 2-0. Looks like the Outlaws are sending a couple guys out to, with the radar gun to see how fast Thibault is actually throwing. Be interested to see how fast, because it looks faster to us than I think it actually is. So two balls, no strikes. That one's going to be a bouncing ball. It's going to get into right field. Nope, it's stopped by the diving second baseman, and just in time, I thought that was going to get through, but he was able to make a diving grab and get out number one. Yeah, that was one heck of a play by Syracuse. A full out extension ranging to his left. Almost an outfield grasp when he stole that ball. And then to be quick enough to bounce up and throw a perfect throw over to first base, that's a good play by Syracuse, giving it his all, even though he's trailing by eight runs here in this ballgame. But it been very easy to phone it in right there, and he did not. Now this will be Jack Matashek, the designated hitter. He had an RBI single on his last at bat. One out here, first pitch to him inside, low ball one. Big looping curveball there that just bends out of the zone, basically lands at about the feet of Matashek. Thiebolt looks back in. He'll peek over that glove like he's Wilson from tool time, peeking over the fence. 1-0 pitch on its way. That one inside, and they're going to say that Matashek went around. So that'll be strike one. So one ball, one strike count. Seabolt looks back in. Long look in here. Now he'll get the sign. One one pitch on its way. That one in there called strike two. Good location there on the off-speed pitch. Started up near the upper part of the body for Matashek and then comes in right at the knees. So one ball, two strike count. Again, 14 to six lead for the Renegades over the Outlaws. Next pitch on its way. That one's a bouncing ball. It's going to be gloved by the first baseman. He'll turn flip to the pitcher. Thebolt for out. Number two. It was a race to the bag to see who would get there. Well, with two outs and nobody on, I fully expect the Renegades to, at the very least, load the bases here because that's the way it seems it goes in these situations. Yep, that's how they've scored. 12 of their 14 runs have been with two outs on the board. I was going to say two outs or more, but it would be a little difficult to score some runs with more than two outs on the board. Yeah, well, the Bombers almost did it last night when Moldby had to record essentially five outs in an inning thanks to a drop third strike and a drop five ball. But you are right, pretty tough to do. Well, two outs here, first pitch to Gorling, called strike one. I mean, I would not say it's impossible, but it's highly unlikely that that would happen. Yeah, I, that's that's something that's unlikely to happen in a year, and to ask for it back-to-back nights would be pretty insane. That pitch... I thought there was a bug on I was going to say, I was like, what are you swiping at? There's nothing there. I thought it was a bug. It was not. So one ball, one strike count. Next pitch to Gorling is on its way. That one's going to be a big swing and a miss for strike number two. Looked to have pretty good command out of the fastball this inning and just blowing it by Gorling right there. He took a big hack at it and fell behind. So one ball, two strike count. And two outs here, Renegades have a 14-6 lead. Luke Fuller will be in the on-deck circle. Next pitch, that one swung on and missed. And three up and three down are retired. So we will go to the ninth inning of work. In the inning, no runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on base. We'll go to the top of the ninth. 
as Renegades three outs away from getting a win over the Outlaws. We'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball in the Show Me Sports Network. At the Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. We know that you're more than just a subscriber. You're an employer. You're a parent. You're a neighbor. Most importantly, you're a community member. It's our goal to provide you with the latest news, sports, opinions, obituaries, classifieds, and more to keep you informed about your community. To find out more about the Boone County Journal or to subscribe, call 573-657-2334 or visit bocojo.com. The Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. At Centurion Cares, for more than three decades, their focus has been on exceeding customer expectations for contact center software solutions. Their innovative communication solutions include utility interactive voice response software that allows for smart communication features that let your utility deliver superior customer service 24-7. They also provide other streamlined services like automatic call distribution, automated customer callback, reporting, and quality assurance. To find out more about how Centurion Cares can help your business, call them at 727-421. 5300 or look them up online at centurioncares.com centurion cares innovative communication solutions we go to the top of the ninth inning as it'll be batters six seven and eight will be the three that are due up as Grayson Ironman still on the mound here for the uh, Renegades. Hello, Forte crew. You know, we have other listeners you could. And other listeners. (laughs) You should send us a message so we know who you are. It does make our broadcast a lot of fun when you, as our listener, lets us know where you're listening from. Where they tweet you at. They can can, uh, tweet us at Show Me Sports Network, but our our, uh, Twitter is Show Me Sports Net. Because oh, there weren't, yeah, there wasn't enough characters available. So Twitter's good at that. You can also uh, send us a message on Facebook. You can find us there at Show Me Sports Network. Just search for us there. Or you can also add me on TikTok. I got some pretty awesome stuff on there. It's Gaz on the mic. You can follow me on there. And we're trying to hit a thousand uh, followers so we can do our TikTok live stuff. We're not quite there yet. Probably any day, like within the next week, we'll hit it. You know, it. probably like before tomorrow, since it's our last home game. First, first pitch is in there called strike one. That's true. I did put together a little something for uh, uh, Jackson Lovich to be uh, that he got drafted, and the Mets gave it a heart. So, <gasps> no, oh, yeah. you got hearted by the Mets. Pretty big deal, yeah. They didn't heart mine. That one missed and popped out of the glove, so evens a one ball, one strike. Man. Yeah, because you didn't do it as fancy as I did. Well, I took. Well, I the, just recorded the man call him the wrong name, and then I was like yelling at the. Yeah, so see, I took that and put it with a play that he had that I had taken video of. I and have then, some good you know, pictures of him in St. Joe. Made it work together, so. It was a really good play where the umpire fell on his booty. One one pitch, that one bounces across home plate, so that'll make it two balls and one strike. So, yeah, Jackson Lovich, he got drafted by the Mets in the 19th round. I think it was 569th pick that he got drafted, so congratulations to him. Look at these pictures. Oh, I'm trying to call a game right now. You're so. good. They're not even pitching right now. But Ironman's getting ready to go through the stitch. So he is going to get set. 2-1 pitch. That one oh, hits him. the batter. Watch the umpire. So Carpenter will jog on down to first base. <laughs> Jackson's got his tongue out the whole time. So now this will be left fielder Cade Lott. 
be a good time for him to hit into a double play here. That's what I was going to say. I got it first, so ha-ha. 14-6 is your score. Renegades leading the Outlaws. So we're straight up, 10-30, here on the Show Me Sports Network. Blake Gasaway here with you, joined by Ashley Carty as well as Ben Schmidt. Sorry, Ben, you were taking too long. Thought I had another tweet. It was a... Not a tweet. Nice pitch by Grayson right down the middle. That one called strike one, so Lott will be down in the count at 0-1. Again, if you haven't done so, we would appreciate the support. Just head on over to our Facebook page and give it a like as well. We appreciate it. Hey, you can like the Renegades while you're there, too. You can also do that as well. And we're on Instagram. I don't know how to work that one, so you're on your own on how to figure out that. 0-1 offering. That one's going to be a bouncing ball. It's going to go fouled on the third base line, so Ott will now be... Down in the count at 0-2. Still runner on first base. That's Carpenter after he was hit by the pitch. Uh, Woodman C will be in the on-deck circle, and Johnson would be the do-up if anybody could get on base ahead of him. Okay, I'm going to give this back to Ben now. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow night, a big deal at the ballpark here. It's fan appreciation night. It's our season finale. Also, it is... Are, I'll get that in a minute, a strike three called, and out number one is recorded. Love to see that from Ironman, especially after losing the good off batter to a walk, to have some command in that next at bat, not be all around the strike zone, attack and come right at him, and was rewarded with the strikeout. So Ironman certainly has the stuff, now it's just about honing it in and being able to pitch in the strike zone frequently enough. Because if you're all around the zone, you're not going to get swings and misses, but if you're pounding with fastballs, then the hitters will expand and chase on your off-speed stuff out of the zone. So next batter due up will be Woodman. See, he's going to hit that one high in the air as going over and almost made the grab in foul territory is Deal. So that will end up being a, a long strike. As uh, that was my, they were, I was getting messages that uh, Jim Lynch, one of the Chiefs' all-time greats, has passed away. So it's Jennifer and Tom in Hawaii. I thought I thought it was Carrie or Kelly. Well, we're glad you're listening, Jim and Jennifer and Tom. Is that right? Jennifer and Tom, we're glad you're we're glad you're tuned in down in Hawaii. So hopefully the weather's nice there. Hopefully you're sitting on a beach enjoying Renegades baseball. You can always take a picture of it and send it post it on the Renegades page that you're enjoying the broadcast. So that pitch misses as Woodman C will be even at one ball, one strike as runner will go down to second base. That's Lott. So he will be standing down there on the wild pitch as just looked up. Five, 532 in Hawaii right now. So they're just getting ready for dinner out there. I was going to say when you made your beach count, it was like a little dark out, <laughs> and then I remembered. And it's just a little bit of a different time zone in Hawaii. So that one fouled out of play. Forte gang sent us a uh, picture, tweeted out a picture of the menu from the restaurant, so it looks pretty tasty. I know we have some food after the game scheduled, so not sure what it is, but that's right. For making dinner tonight, whatever it is, it'll be good, and we're going to enjoy a win over the Outlaws. We're going to celebrate that. So one ball, two strike count as Woodmancy digs back in. One out here in the inning. Renegades lead 14-6. to six. Next pitch, that one is going to be a bouncing ball. Gorlino glove, he'll step on first as the runner will go to third, but that'll be two outs now in the inning. So that was a well-hit ball, but right at Gorlino for out number two. Well, now here for Ironman, just needing one more out. 
just come right here and attack this next hitter and throw strikes and let your defense do the work. Johnson, although he's had some decent at-bats here tonight, Renegades on the infield have pretty much at all four spots really good defenders, and you have to believe that if if Ironman can just put make Johnson put in play, that out number three will be recorded. So Johnson will step in here. He is 0 for 4 on the day. First pitch called strike one as Ironman trying to get the final out here and end our game, not have to play the bottom of the ninth. I confused Carpenter with Johnson right there because 0 for 4, not a great day at the yard, but still plenty of time for him to keep this ball game alive against Ironman. That one low, so we'll go one ball, one strike now. Looks like the third baseman deal not even going to give any sort of uh, holding on motion towards the runner at third base. They're playing for out number three right here. Deal's playing back in his normal spot. So Ironman's 1-1 pitch. That one just about caught the batter. It hits the backstop and comes back, but I don't think it caught. I don't know. I heard a noise on the way by, and but I guess it didn't hit him. I thought I, we're going to look for a ruling because... Ah. Okay, it was the glove. I, the, you heard something when it went by, so I guess it was the glove and not the helmet. So it'll be uh, two balls and one strike. Again, Ironman looking for out number three here. Would send us home a winner if he can do so. See, so digs back in on the mound. Two balls, one strike to count. He'll look in. His next pitch, that one just misses, so ball three. Now makes it three balls, one strike. So again, Ironman looks back in. Runner on third base. 3-1 pitch. That one fouled back and off of Hersler's mask. So we will be full. Three balls and two strikes. So Joplin down to their last strike. They've got an eight-run deficit they're facing right now as the Renegades lead by a score of 14-6. Ironman looking to close out here. I like the Renegades the W. The finish him sound effect that Joe just played. Pretty pretty good timing here as Ironman looks for strike three. So payoff pitch, two outs. Next pitch on its way. That one's going to be hit foul. We'll do it again as that's going to get out of play. Gorling gives chase but runs out of room. Can't so we will do it again. Can't discredit Gorling for not trying there. He, he gave it a full sprint over towards that ball that was going out, out of the gate all the way. But Gorling gave it his best. So we're still full, three balls and two strikes. Again, two outs, runner on third base. That is Carpenter. That's going to be a well-hit ball. Going back on it is Reether. He'll camp under it. He'll make the grab for out number three as that goes all the way to the wall, but he is able to put a glove on it and get out number three as the Renegades are victorious. It took a long time. It was a long game. But they get the win by a final of 14 to 6 over the Joplin Outlaws. As I said in our pregame, doesn't matter what uh, what the other teams have to do, we have to take care of business ourselves, and it's a good thing we did because Nevada won in walk-off fashion. Yeah, great win tonight for the Renegades, and a lot of things that you really needed to see for this club that was really reeling: the ability to hit with two outs and runners in scoring position. I mean, be completely honest, the Renegades have not done that well lately. They really have not. And to be able to do that tonight for, what, 12 out of their 14 runs, I'm sure will be a big boost of confidence. And they honestly pitched better than giving up six runs. It, it felt like they were in control of this one. Damel gave up the couple runs, um, but I think he pitched better than giving up four runs, which is what the line will show. And uh, 
Now Tommy Reether is carrying the mascot Rowdy around out in, in foul territory. <laughs> Based on your explanation of Tommy, that doesn't surprise me. Absolutely, that is that is. Uh, I, I'm not I, I'm not surprised at all that Tommy <laughs> would be doing that. So now now all you can hope for is we'll see a similar effort here tomorrow night against the exact same team. Obviously Joplin's going to be hungry because as you know they haven't completely wrapped up the division title. I, that, there's a lot to play for for them because if they win they don't have to play in the wild card round and they get the home playoff game in the divisional round. So look for them to come out hungry and hope the Renegades can do similar things on offense tomorrow night. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. They they've got some work still left to do and uh, we'll face uh uh, Joplin tomorrow night as they'll be back in town as we'll match up with them as uh, tomorrow night our season finale. So we're joined here by our uh, player of the game in uh, Luke Fuller. Hey, congratulations. You look pretty good out there. Thank you. It uh, it was a night that you seemed like you were seeing the ball well. You drove in a lot of RBIs. You had some key hits, and you had probably the, the hit you had to left field, that double that scored the uh, – the three RBIs, that is probably the hardest hit ball we've seen this season. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was just trying to do something to get us out of here quicker. It's good, nice to put a lot of runs up. Absolutely. You know, going into those at-bats, what was kind of your, your mentality? What were you looking for and what did you see? Well, I'd been late on fastballs, so I was just looking to drive in a fastball, get something I could hit and hit it hard. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've seen you this season. We've seen you all over. Uh, really all over all over the diamond we've seen you behind home plate coming in I'll be honest I didn't know you were a catcher until we saw you behind home plate we've seen you out in the outfield we've seen you on the infield I heard some rumors you were maybe even warming up in the bullpen to maybe pitch oh yeah I've been all over the place you know Mike's been really good at getting everyone where they need to be and what, wherever I need to do I do what uh, what's kind of the mentality for the players I mean we've talked about it on the broadcast Meek League Baseball, you get late in the season. You, you've got to have guys that are versatile that can move around and play other stuff. But, you know, what's kind of that, that mentality? Is it, you know, next man up? Is it what, what's kind of going through for the team to be able to just shift over? And, and, like, for you, like I said, you haven't missed a beat. Wherever they put you, it's been fine. Yeah, you know, everyone's just trying to be selfless. Everyone's just trying to get a win. It's not about you at the end of the day. We're all just trying to get a win get better here. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're glad you're spending the summer with us, too. Also, congratulations on winning the Home Run Derby. Thank you. You, you don't know how many times we've come in second place, so to finally win it, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. So um, I think you had a lot of fun there and uh, got some hardware to take home. So yeah. it, was a, it was a good opportunity. Um, any final thoughts before you get out of here? I know I want to let you go to celebrate the win, and I think you've got some, uh, some guests down here, too, to celebrate with them. So any final thoughts before you get out of here? Yeah, just good to get another win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's Luke Fuller, our uh, star of the game. So appreciate you coming up Luke we uh, we appreciate that and we'll let him go to get back with the squad to uh, to celebrate and uh, they're going to have a short uh, you know short time frame where they will uh, they'll finish tonight here they'll celebrate and then uh, they got to take care of business tomorrow as Joplin will be back to town as uh, the Outlaws will be here for the uh, season finale as tomorrow night's game the season finale as well as uh, our fan appreciation it's also Christmas in July so lots happening tomorrow but as I said, tomorrow night's game plan, just like it was tonight. They just need to show up, take care of business. They not Don't worry about what Nevada needs to do, what Sedalia needs to do, what any other team needs to do. They just need to show up, do their job, worry about what the Renegades need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And in front of what should be a pretty decent crowd on a Friday night here in Jefferson City and a lot going on at the ballpark, I mean, you would hope that's enough to get them pumped up. And coming off a 14-run outing, that's got to give you a lot, of, a lot of confidence, too, just to say, hey, we did it to this same pitching staff last night. Why can't we do it again? And, like, now you're at the point where you just win and you're in. So I, I would hope that they come out with the same type of energy tonight because – 
even though they had still been scoring runs, it wasn't necessarily scoring runs early in the first inning. So to come up and put two on in the first, two more in the third, that's what we need to see from them consistently because although we'd see them score, there had been times where they had been down 4 nothing after two innings, then they'll score two in the third and draw close over the game. But I think there's a much different kind of sort of momentum that you build when you're up 2 nothing rather than trying to come back from down 4-2 after three innings. Well, and as we talked about too, 12 of the 14 runs tonight all coming with two outs on the board. So they were able to get two outs and then produce runs, and and it is a safe bet to say that this is the first game all season that uh, one. It's they've scored very more, <laughs> very few games they've scored double digits. But for sure, I can say this is the only game this season that they have pushed across twelve runs with two outs on the board. Yep, no, it's that's a pretty safe bet for sure. As I can only think of a couple where they put up double digits, but to do uh, all that damage in that sort of situation where once once again, being completely honest, they've struggled in that spot. They've had runners in scoring position time and time again this season, but once it gets to two outs, they haven't always been able to get that clutch hit. We kind of see it in spurts, honestly, where when they're when they're hitting good, they will drive in all those runs. So, I mean, fingers crossed that tonight was the first game of one of those spurts because they have been so consistently inconsistent. It doesn't feel like all season long where they've gone along sustained success. It's been uh, short winning streaks and then short losing streaks, stuff like that. So, I mean, based on the trends, hopefully tonight is game one of what would be a winning streak and you ride it into the final weekend and then hopefully into early part of the playoffs next week if they can lock that up. Well, we know these two teams will match up tomorrow night as uh, they will start at 7 o'clock here at Historic Ernie Vivian Field. And then Saturday we'll be on the road at Chillicothe as the Mudcats will be hosting your Renegades. That game again set for 7 o'clock. And then Sunday a day off and uh, a day to prep, a day to rest, a day to do all the things they need to before they get ready to go to battle on Monday where we're not sure if it'll be in Sedalia or Joplin, but it'll be in one of those two locations. Uh, I'm already confident that they're going to, Renegades are going to clinch third place and they're going to be on the road in one of those two locations and Nevada will just be on the outside looking in. And that's just how the uh, the cookie's going to crumble. But uh, Monday is when uh, the wild card playoffs start, and then the winner advances on to the divisional playoffs. So the uh, third seed will play at the number two seed, and then the winner of that game plays at the number one seed. Wednesday is a rain day and uh, or a day off if there is no games to be made up, and then league championship Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Renegades have always made the playoffs, but they've never made a successful run deep into the playoffs, never won a championship. But you know what? Those all have to come to an end at some point. Yeah, at some point, I know from what you told me, they played, I believe it was Joplin, who they lost in the playoffs last year. Played him close, played him really well, just didn't come out on the winning end. Uh, looks like they'd have to win a game to get to face Joplin again in this situation. But hopefully that can happen because, as we saw in June, the Renegades played three games in Joplin all in the span of like a week, and I believe they took two out of three in that ballpark. So, it's it's not the same squad he had in June, but no reason to believe why they couldn't do it again and get hot at the right time. Well, the other uh, the other thing too is that when we start looking back at these, you know, this is really when they're starting to to peak, and you know, we're, we're we that's what we want. We want these things to start trending at the right time and uh, start getting hot at the right time. We've got some different players stepping up. We've got some new additions to the team. We've got some positive things going our way, but. That should pretty much wrap up our broadcast here for this evening. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Ben? Well, just good to see the bats show up tonight. 14 runs, not an easy thing to do. And to do it, they had the 14 runs within the first seven innings. So just got to hope they can ride that wave into tomorrow night. We assume we'll see another good pitch on the mound for Joplin and uh, get on them early and then just ride that wave through the rest of the game. And we'll be celebrating this time tomorrow night if they can do that. 
So that's going to do it for our broadcast for Ben Schmidt. I'm Blake Gasway for the Show Me Sports Network. It's been a pleasure bringing you the broadcast here tonight as the Renegades win by a wide margin of 14-6 to over the Joplin Outlaws, as that is going to do it until we talk to you tomorrow night with our pregame about 6.40, 6.45, and our first pitch at 7 o'clock when these two teams match up in Lockhorns again. So long and have a great evening. You've been listening to the biggest and absolute best game coverage in mid-Missouri on the exclusive home for Jefferson City Renegades Baseball, the Show Me Sports Network, and the Renegades Radio Network. The Show Me Sports Network broadcast crew are the ones that know your Renegades the best. Exclusive coverage of Jefferson City Renegades Baseball has been brought to you by Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City. Avon with Michelle Cartier. Boone County Journal, Centurion Cares, Christopher Scott, Farmers Insurance, Doc and Norm Direct, Eddie Goodell Society, Han Custom Laser Engraving, LLC, Hoslog Landscaping and Design, Last Sentinel Firearms, Retrieving Freedom, River Oak Christian Academy, Sawdust Studios, State Tech of Missouri, and Walk Off Wood Bat Company. We hope you've enjoyed the broadcast. Join us anytime on the web at showmesportsnetwork.com or find us on Facebook by searching the Show Me Sports Network. The Show Me Sports Network and the Renegades Radio Network, your exclusive home for Jefferson City Renegades baseball. Serving fans throughout the Midwest and even more around the world, this is the Show Me Sports Network. The preceding was an exclusive broadcast property presentation of the Show Me Sports Network and was a high-fidelity all-digital broadcast. This broadcast is copyrighted by the Show Me Sports Network for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this broadcast without the Show Me Sports Network's written consent is prohibited.